Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans fans have an incessant thirst for Panthers Panthers opinions, opinions. only Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. Oh, it's a host says, muted my mic. Can you hear me? No, you're good. Yeah. Okay. I just got a little pop up that said the host muted your mic on your startup and i was like dang well, yeah because it has a double sound effect when you don't so oh the double yeah right. you to be a good producer that. you gotta tell me about that i can turn that shit off um welcome to the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolina cat chronicles.com Where every tuesday night we chop up the latest panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective tony dunn here uh hanging out with cody lashney the producer that knows what's going on and the guy on the other end of the mic, who does it? Listen, man, the Panthers drafted their red and blue one-two punch in the form of Iki Kwanu and Matt Corral. And listen, I've had some time to digest those picks or, or draft as a whole, think about what I think about these players long-term, what kind of upside the Carolina Panthers has, who might be the starter for the Carolina Panthers in 2022, a lot of optimism around Matt Corral. We're going to have a fantastic show tonight. And you know we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. You already know them. I love them. It's Alex McKenzie, our man Drew, Alex Stark, ATX19, Blake Bettis, Joey the Blind Panther, Ken LED, Lawrence Trevette, Panther Pickle, Panther Randy81, Sideshow Bob, Poppin' Bullets, Tim Estes, Tony Don, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Tonight's show is the 2022 Carolina Panthers NFL Draft Recap. We'll go through the picks uh, from top-notch Akim Aquano uh, all the way down to the undrafted free agents. There's some cool warrior, like Rambo-type people up in that list. We'll be grading or looking at some of the uh, presses, grades of Matt Corral, and also Greg Olson talking about the chaos that's been thrown into college football with the uh, name and image and likeness. I got a little bit to say about that. You can be a part of the show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We'd like to hear what you want to talk about. How did you feel about the draft? 
Where did the Panthers, what would you grade them? Has this restored a little confidence in the front office? Is this fitter show or is Matt Rule also deserving of some forgiveness? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, folks. Welcome to the show, CK. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Happy to, you know, come off of a draft that I felt like we, uh, you know, come away with some optimism. Um, still some question marks, but I'm, I'm super excited to talk about it with you guys. Get not only your opinions, but the opinions of the people here in the chat room, because I think uh, there's going to be a wide variety of opinions about just that question of where Matt Rule falls on the uh, level of blame or uh or you know appreciation about how this draft landed Greg in the house what's up my man oh not a whole lot man just hanging out it's been a really really awesome week and the rest of it looks pretty good too i mean we had an awesome draft i got a couple of great finales for shows this week multiverse of bandage thursday dude it's all coming up millhouse i'm ready to talk about carolina panthers football and you know the best part about this is we've been talking for weeks and weeks and weeks about what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen Today, the narrative changes because no matter what you think about it, it happened. And now we get to talk about that instead of now we get to talk about actual actual events. Yes. Um, So I want to ask the chat room real quick for a favor. I'd like for them to submit uh, some of I see Golden Corral needs four. I want to submit uh, Matt Corral nicknames and then maybe in about five or ten minutes i'll have cody put up a poll um on some of the top candidates i saw um some as golden corrals floating out there matt the magician cold-blooded corral and on top of that some someone suggested on twitter um matty ice and everybody and i saw mal mayock go no yeah yeah, (laughs) um I thought that was funny. All right. Not be a good idea. Um, Smash thumbs up and subscribe. Let's go ahead and jump into the show. Cody, uh, the draft has happened. Your weekend of uh, glory has come and gone. Now it's time to start all over again in some ways for you draft uh, nerds. But the Panthers um, put together what a lot of people around the league are grading out as um, a very good draft. So what are your thoughts coming back from – or by the end of the weekend? Well, Tony, I honestly believe that Scott Fitterer is doing everything in his power to make the Carolina Panthers a legitimate contender. I mean, if you look at most metrics, they will tell you that the Panthers had one of the best drafts in the NFL this year. Uh, And this is not through – I mean, this is not through one uh, publication. This is through a – uh, a multiple different, uh, you know, different yep. averages and, and people breaking down PFF, ESPN. Uh, I mean, for the most part, the media at large loved the Carolina Panthers draft this year. And I think Scott Fitter has done an incredible job. Um, on top of that, I think that there's something that I've uncovered about Ben McAdoo and his offense, and the way that he's looking at football. And it's part of the reasons why I'm so pumped after I've had some time to think about this draft, Tony Dunn. We want to punch fools in their mouth. We want to get aggressive. Both of our our first and second round picks, they quite literally have a history of getting into fights, more or less, right? Uh, And and Kim Aquanu will throw people around, put them into the dirt, 
Um, I love what we did uh, with him in the first round this year. Um, and uh, since we're going to start at that first pick at Kim Kwanu, I want to pose a question to you all. And I want to pose a question to uh, everyone, you know, in the chat room here. Where do you think Ikema Kwanu is going to end up on this offensive line? Do you believe that? Yeah. Do you think that they want to put him at left tackle, or do you think they'd rather play him at left guard? Me personally, I'm a proponent of putting him at guard. I think you're going to be able to use him on pull blocks, uh, get him downfield, make him uh, bulldoze some running lanes for Christian McCaffrey to be able to you know, head downfield, I think that would be the best move. But listen, I don't feel strongly one way or another. I feel like he could be a day one starter at left tackle as well just because he has that kind of physical upside, talent, and potential. I'm just, you know, here's my thought on it. I am so tired of having to have a discussion about the left tackle. I just <laughs> want him at left tackle. I just want that to be shored up because I'll be honest with you. I have, I can tell you that I have yet to say, my gosh, our offensive line really sucks because of our left guard, right? It's not helping, but our offensive line nine times out of 10 really sucks because of our left tackle. Like it's, it's just the reality of, 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 of that, I guess that, that position and I, I think he could do well at guard, but I really, I really, I'm just ready to have that franchise left tackle, and then we can shore up the middle. I like at this point in time, we if we can keep those tackles t- taken care of, it, I, I want that to be the maintain, maintain that. I one thousand percent agree with you, dude. One thousand percent agree with you. <laughs> like for 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 all the exact same reasons. Um, and you you know, it's like you said. Brady Christian's, I guess, the other option. We know right. he may be able to play left tackle well, but we know this guy can. So just give, give Brady Christian a spot on the guest guard and, and put him at tackle. I agree with you 100%. It's a really high pick for him to play guard, right? I mean, I think they picked him with the vision that he was a tackle, not that Quentin, he... Quentin Nelson was number three. Was yeah, three. but I think this is that they... They picked him knowing that he could, he would, he be an All-Pro guard. Right. But they also picked him because they're really believing and hoping he can be an All-Pro tackle. Um, so that is their vision for him: is like five years on the left side. Let's get that fifth-year option on the top-rated tackle. He's comparing he he compares himself his game to Trent Williams, right? Right, and that's pretty. Uh, Awesome tackle it left tackle material. We'll point out this. I think Jordan Gross started a year at left guard and then moved to tackle. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Chat will be able to know that, but even I think this is he's gonna be in the long term left tackle. But right. even if he's not this year, if he just plays one year at guard and you need to see at least in a couple of games if Christensen can play left tackle. Um, maybe, maybe you're trying to evaluate Christensen, maybe just let him have an honest, um, competition in camp. I think that Brady Christensen would probably, his floor would be higher at left tackle than his 
ceiling would be at left guard. So I think Christensen just tends to play left tackle better. He plays guard. And I Quanu could probably play both of them better than him. So I don't think we're going to be really crying about it if he's at left. I like I don't even know if you need to overthink it like what uh, Cody is saying, like CK is saying, and Greg saying is maybe you don't overthink it. You just say this, Brady Christensen. If you can't play guard, then uh, we're going to get somebody who can. Right. <clears throat> so this is a pick, right? That a lot of people throughout consensus um, that he's like one of the best picks in the draft. A lot of people will come on and say he's the number one overall prospect in their right. mind. Uh, so the one thing that stuck out to me after uh, the announcement, when they called him, the way the call went, and I wish I would have pulled it up before the show, is it started with David Tepper, then they handed the phone to uh, Rule, and then, uh, no, to, yeah, Rule, and then Fitterer was last. But there was a common thread in their tone and the reaction from all three guys. And it was like an over-enthusiastic surprise of happiness from all three of them. It was right. almost like like too much. And we're like, oh, my God. I am so excited. I cannot believe you're here. Like, man, they were like over the moon. And that tells me that this is a great pick. Like they, like, he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to come hang out with y'all. <laughs> and look, like, something, <laughs> something else that we have to mention too. It came is a Panthers fan. This man is from mm-hmm. Charlotte. He was in the end zone or behind the end zone when the Panthers played the Cardinals in the NFC championship game. I'll pull him up here in a minute, but there's pictures of him and his mom and his brother at Panthers games. I mean, this dude is, he is a Panther. I mean, quite simply, he is a Panther. He's so aggressive, man. When you watch this film, when this guy gets his hands on you, he is an absolute juggernaut, man. He's trying to put you in the dirt, do you dirty. He's on some real Steve Smith type shit, okay? That's what that Kevin Kwan was on. And let's be real, man. That's what the Panthers offensive line has been missing for a long time right. now. My question is, is listen, like I said, I don't want to make too much of a big deal out of it. I do think that in today's NFL, that uh, your interior line is just as important as any other, you know, part of your offensive line because it provides the pocket for your quarterback to be able to step up into. That being said, if you did put a chemical at left tackle, who do you think is more likely to play left guard? Brady Christensen? Or Deontay Brown? Because in my opinion, at this point, I kind of think Deontay Brown might be looking like the odd man out. Yeah, I, I mean, know, that's a hard question. I mean, I mean it's, it's just, just like, who yeah. is the starter? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that, I, I don't think you're going to know. I think that right now is the, when you say the odd man out, do you mean not starting or do you mean um, not on the team? Yeah, well, I mean, not not starting. I mean, because, you know, we have Corbett, we have Bozeman, we have Moten. I mean, there's only so many lines that, that you can play. Are we are we looking at potentially uh, Inquanu at left tackle and Deontay Brown at, uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Inquanu at left tackle and Brown at left guard or Brady Christensen at left guard? Because let me tell you, man, if Deontay Brown is able to take that next step and become the bulldozer that he really was at Alabama – 
I'm telling you, man, those two Maulers right next to each other could give the Panthers one of the most dominant left-side offensive lines in the NFL. Go ahead, CK. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think unfortunately, it just doesn't feel like they're giving the Deontay Brown the shot, right? I know that there was some health concerns and and whatnot, you know, last, uh, you know, last year. But I, I just, it does feel like, oddly, like they're just not really, really, you know, sold on Deontay Brown. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think too is one of the draft picks was Cade Mays, right? Is that his name? Yeah. And a lot of people say he plays with that mean, nasty style, like um, throwing people and tossing people. So this is actually becoming a mean offensive line, uh, it feels like. Um, so interesting stuff Super there. Super athletic right. as well. I mean, these big boys can move. People forget Brady Christensen was one of the highest rated physically performing left tackles at the combine in history. Right. Um, and Kim Aquanu had a freak show combine. I mean, these guys are premier athletes at the offensive line position. So, again, I like the aggression. I love the fighting attitude, man. When you watch this guy on film, he finishes his opponents. I mean, this guy is an absolute mauler. Our offensive line has been in desperate need of this kind of player. He could... I was reading an article where in theory, like it's not it's not unheard of now in this NFL for offensive linemen to win the rookie of the year. Like offensive rookie of the year. I think Rashawn yeah. Slater. Um, so that's the type of player you're you're getting. And I think you're gonna be able to fill that um left guard just fine when it comes to, like you said, pairing those two big boys together. Uh, man, that could be a mean, mean front. I want to come back and circle back to something that you said, though, about the interior being more important uh, in the NFL and creating that pocket than it used to be in the past. And I I don't know if I would say it's more important. What I would just um, argue is that, like, the athleticism of people that are playing in the on the other side of the line has improved so much right right so is that you used to just have this super athletic dude like this big athletic guy on the outside so you had to have athletic um tackles that could keep up with it now you're having defensive tackles that are running <laughs> four fives and stuff like yeah. that and and like you're saying you're getting freak shows on the other side so it just turns out that like the entire line has to have those elite traits or else it doesn't really work. You know what I'm saying? Like is you're only as strong as your weakest link. Does this uh Akim Aquanu, which one is he wearing? Please don't tell me he's wearing the kick. Uh, no, he's, no, he's, no, 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 no. He's wearing that little kick thing, man. That nice. 59. Who's yeah, he with? Is that his brother or something? Man? They yeah, look, that's his yeah. twin brother in the 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's his twin brother. I uh, I did uh, my research, and this is from a 2016 game against – it's week eight against the Cardinals as well. So he seems to really enjoy the Cardinals games. Uh, nice. <laughs> we, won, we won that game 20-30. to 30. Kelvin Benjamin had two receptions for like 49 yards. Um, it was a mundane game from a stats perspective. 
but uh it was uh it was a uh, it was a game we won so anyway not that that was do super we, important do we play the cardinals this year i don't know uh, that, <laughs> yeah, I oh, that's do. a good question um, well, we better beat them then. Well, hopefully, play play them before uh, De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins yeah, comes back from his hit, suspension. Dude. DeAndre, that that's crazy. Oh, man. that's right. I did some. I see somebody say that, and DeAndre on the PEDs. Huh? Um, let's let's move on to our second pick, um, and the, probably the most, uh, the most probably, I would say this is probably the one that's caused the most most conversation. Well, yeah, it's at the most important position on the on the team, right? And right. I I, te- I tell you that um, it was a emotional journey from oh my god number six pick um, to our th- our second pick, which is the yep. third round in Matt Corral, right? Um, and <clears throat> this emotional roller coaster for me was crazy because there was a very real conversation going along, at least in the media and on this show, because we are just reading and talking about the things that people read and talk about is that Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and even Matt Corral are kind of where maybe even play in the first round. Right. Um, for even at number six, you know, we're arguing <laughs> Malik Willis. So all of a sudden, the draft falls. We get a Kemaquanu. It's the least controversial pick probably in the last decade for the Carolina Panthers. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you see this continued slide. You get to Pittsburgh. You can go back and watch the draft show, and everybody's like, no way Malik Willis makes it past this. And then they pick Kenny Pickett, and then it goes, wow, the cost of trading – and for the next quarterback just went down a lot more than we right. had expected it would be at that time. So for the next day, the question or on uh, Panthers, Twitter, Panthers, anywhere on in any bar and whatever was, are the Carolina Panthers going to trade up And the following day, the picks continue to come out and there is no quarterbacks going, no quarterbacks and the price gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Throughout on this was Friday night. Um, I want to say around eight o'clock. So the draft had been going for a while. Around eight o'clock, these guys are still on the board. We're in the third round, and you're going, "Oh man, now it's like really reasonable to go get Malik Willis." Mm-hmm. And this <clears throat> chatter emerges about Baker Mayfield throughout oh, dude. this. Right, the oh, Baker Mayfield conversation was real. It, and so I did these yeah. shorts on that night. And, I, and the part that I'm just trying to get to is that this entire roller coaster wasn't was interrupted. Like, have you ever been uh, at a theme park and you're getting on the ride and then they shut it down and you got to wait for right. them to change or somebody threw up on the car in front of you or something to that effect? The Baker Mayfield shut the roller coaster down but you were still in it, so it was nerve-wracking. You're watching the right. picks go by, and then the Baker Mayfield stuff goes. The Panthers move. Uh, the Tennessee Titans pick Malik Willis. The Panthers shortly thereafter move up and select Matt Corral. That's the best I can describe the events, uh, Cody. What well, and to think? add a little to add a little context, uh, the Falcons drafted Ritter, De- Desmond Ritter. 
uh, first in the second before round. Before Malik. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Before Malik Willis. So, and, and then the Tennessee Titans, they traded up to get Malik Willis. So Scott Fitterer said that they didn't want to be, you know, basically kind of up a creek without a paddle and not have the type of quarterback competition that they want this year. So that prompted them to trade up with the Patriots into the second round to get the Panthers' future franchise quarterback. His name is Matt Corral. He read number two for Ole Miss, and I'm here to tell you that this dude has legitimate talent. He plays like Josh Allen. He may not have the body and the frame of Josh Allen, but this this man maneuvers well inside the pocket. He has an arm to be able to push the football downfield. One of the things that you'll be able to notice about him is he has one of the tightest, most compact throwing motions that you'll ever see a quarterback have. It allows him to be able to get zip on the football and really push that football downfield. Now, a lot of people were complaining about his size and saying that, well, he might be undersized to play the position. Well, the dude is six foot one and five eighths and has a 74 inch wingspan, 212 pounds. While that might not be the biggest quarterback prospect, he has a frame that's bigger than, frankly, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees when they were coming out of college. So I love this pick, Tony. If Matt Corral goes on to be a franchise quarterback, then the story of him kicking Wayne Gretzky's son's ass is going to be the mythological stuff of legends, Tony. I love that shit, dude. The Panthers picked a bunch of fighters, and together with the Kimaquanu, Matt Corral is coming to knock people unconscious. With we, if he does go on to be a very like say all star quarter pro bowl quarterback, yeah, can we call him the great one? <laughs> since, he beat up, since he beat up Wayne Gretzky's kid, now I'm telling you, the now Wayne Gretzky is has records that are more dominant than even Tom Brady, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't want to shit on Wayne Gretzky, but we got to find um, some way to link his nickname to that story somehow. So um, now I want to talk a little bit about Matt Corral and this. And um, the, the one thing is um, a lot of people actually gave us a ton of credit for this pick. If you look throughout the, like the um, kind of the, I'm trying to see here. I got this. I think it's this pick that started us. uh, This is like some, uh, who sent this? Somebody, somebody tagged me in this. I think it was Rich Kingston that tagged me in this. Draft capital used over expected, dec- like uh, I guess draft position, and the Panthers have uh, up here in one of the top drafts. Now, there's been a consensus, at least in many of the things that I've read, that Baltimore had the best draft. Right? I've heard a lot of people talking about that they like just they just got it. a lot of first round quality talent. It felt like yeah. And if you look at this graph right here, this puts us on their plane, right? And KC had like three first-round picks or some crazy mess like that almost. It was wild. So the Panthers, to be able to do that without a second-round pick, um, I think says a lot about the Matt Corral pick and those back-end picks. 
when it comes to Matt Corral's size, I think it is like Cody saying, largely overrated about how big he is. Um, how I wanted to ask, how old is he, Cody? I looked that up. So, I mean, you grow into your body, like your adult body, particularly if you want a quarterback to play for the next 18 years. His physique is going to mature. I think that his run, a lot of people are worried that his aggressive play, right, that kind of wants to win. 23. So he can still, yeah, he's still got some. Is he the (laughs) same age as Sam Darnold? I think so. Yeah, Darnold might be 24. Something like that, yeah. Darnold came out so young. He was in the same high school class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Uh, They were in the same Elite 11 competitions. And it's going to be interesting when we're talking about who the starter is going to be, right? And even though none of us are expecting him to be the starter, especially if you listen to our coaches, I mean, this guy has been going through quarterback camps since he was in high school where they have been going through uh, pro-style passing concepts that they're going to be able to see in the NFL. Um, I, I really you know, think that that's part of the reason. And, Tony, you know I've said this a bunch of times. Quarterbacks and wide receivers, because of these camps, they're coming into the NFL more prepared than they ever have before. So it's going to be interesting to see how ready he is to potentially help us. I want to talk about two points on that is um, the readiness. The QB readiness is that this is one of the things that was continued to be talked about with Malik Willis, but also has been shifted because I'm reading about Matt Corral now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yep. reading about Malik Willis anymore. So I'm tra- they're probably saying the same mess about him still. But with Matt Corral, now the big kind of knock or conversation has been the offense he played in in college and Lane Kiffin making sure. such a speed one read option where it is so designed, right? As I heard, one, I heard somebody, um, I was listening to uh, WFNZ, the Mac Attack their podcast well they do radio show but right um and they were taught they were talking to a guy evaluating uh matt crown they were they were talking about watching highlights where you could see lane kiffin before the ball was thrown with his arms up celebrating because he already knew that it was the right play at the right read and the right moment and it's so simplified. Now, on top of that, you got to wonder about that dang Wonderlick score. I'm telling you, it is crazy. What um, was this Wonderlick? 15. Hmm. Didn't somebody say that they had a, he had an excuse? He just didn't try? There's, I will not buy that. It, and now, if that's the case, <laughs> I, do not, I do not believe that for one second. Not one second. That um, to, be, to play quarterback in the NFL... Right, like and like, and you're trying in a in a draft class where that was already projected as weak. You have to show you're leaving money on the table if right. you didn't try. You know what I'm saying? Is like, you know, Maurice Claiborne said he didn't try. He scored a six. He had like the lowest one in history. But this is a Des Bryant score. This is a uh, not that I just was looking it up and I couldn't only find but so many dang scores to compare them to. Somebody told me it was like a Vince Young score. I don't even care who you compare it to. It was the lowest out of the group. So if the criticism is he's underdeveloped, 
And that's where he's going to have to like the big challenge for him too. beyond is kind of consuming a more complicated game. That right. score does not lend to him being able to do it well. Right. Or that being the easiest part of the transition. Now, I don't really right. care. I'm not going to speculate as sometimes people probably can play football like crazy. <clears throat> uh, but they might not be able to solve. I, I can't solve this damn Rubik's cube. So these tests are just one aspect of measurement. Um, now, the other thing, though, is that when you talk about him is that he plays kind of, I won't say recklessly, because um, you start to think he throws the ball recklessly, but right. aggressive. He plays aggressively on the ground. And so then the other question mark is because he has a slider build, is that part of his game going to be a detriment or a benefit? Cody or and you guys, I'll open it up to you. That's the kind of two things about his play style that I've read and thought about. How do you want to add add or respond? So I think ultimately it'll be a blessing. I mean, I would prefer him have the arm talent and maybe you know miss a few throws versus him not being able to push the ball down the field. Um, real quick, I wanted to play this very short clip that I put out on Twitter a few days ago. And I think that even though it was something that was said about him in high school, it's still kind of a true comparison uh, about his game right now. Keep in mind, he had a bunch of different coaching staffs at Ole Miss. He's transferred a bunch. So, I mean, he's grown as a prospect. But listen to some of the comparisons that are made about Matt Corral and ultimately what they think about him and what they have to say about him. Wait, shit, wrong one. Hold on, cover me. Um, so this is it'll be interesting. Then the next question is: Are these guys going to compete? Who's going to? Is he going to compete to start this year? Okay, um, here we go. Oh, I like this video. Matthew Corral at Long Beach Poly. He might have the strongest arm we've had in this camp since Matthew Stafford. Stafford over the middle. Caught. You watch the tape, and, and I thought Brett Farr type playmaker. Incredible spatial awareness. Like his ability to have people close to him and kind of wiggle out of stuff or spin out of stuff. It's splash reel after splash reel watching his tape. Right now, he throws the ball one tempo, and that is heat. The challenge is going to be to get him to throw different type of passes. Customer service. Not everybody ordered their plate with hot sauce. It's a blessing to get the knowledge from these coaches and for them to pass down everything that they have. Go. That was a good job. Nice. So there's Matt Corral, man. I mean, do, do you hear some of the things that they say about him, that he has some of the best arm talent that they've ever witnessed, comparable to Brett Favre uh, and Matthew Stafford. I mean, he has real legitimate arm talent. Um, and they said that he just needs to pull back on some of the power sometimes. This is why I said Josh Allen was actually a good comparison. Even though they have very different bodies and very different frames, sometimes when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And it's learning how to take some of that steam off your passes, throw with touch, 
And that's something that you did see him do on film. I don't want to make people believe that it's something that he can't do. He just needs to get in a rhythm and more importantly, get in an offense that's going to continue continue to cater to his needs and cater to his further development. And personally, when you think about our quarterback coach that we have right now, Sean Ryan, who was once upon a time Deshaun Watson's quarterback coach, I think he is the perfect mold of clay to get your hands on for a young quarterback to be able to bet on into the future. Yeah. You're muted, Tony. Was he also Stafford's quarterback coach at one point? I feel like for some reason that name sounds familiar with remember because there was two court coaches uh quarterbacks yeah. that he had when they brought him in that I remember it was Deshaun Watson, there was somebody else, and I want to say it was Matt Stafford. Um the thing going on is that there is kind of a juxtaposition crazy people either think matt corral could go stratosphere level or they think he's destined to become a backup i haven't heard a lot of in between and here are the two things i'm going to pull down the comments for just one second um if you look at this this is um i looked up great like reviewing grading matt corral and these are the two back-to-back descriptions of it. And I thought it was funny. NFL.com said Carolina traded second round to, to pick uh, to the Jets for Sam Darnold, a move that hasn't worked out for the Panthers thus far. It's a third-round pick, blah, blah, blah. But they sent a twi- – uh, where does it get to? Um, fourth round. While off-field concerns may have contributed to Corral's fallen draft, He's a future, a potential future starter with a quick release and movement skills. So he has movement skills. Then this is the one right below it. They grade him as a B. The next one's also a B from CBS Sports. Uh, good value for Carolina. Ball placement issues were a major concern. This was funny to me right here. He's not quite the athlete to be able to win as an improviser in the NFL, but the raw talent is there, and the Panthers need to address the QB spot. I thought Cody that this was a terrible description of what I've seen from Matt Corral is that it seems like to me that his um, mobility could very well be a great asset in the NFL in extending plays. I don't think you need to use them a ton in RPO fashion and maybe in selected spots where you set it up like a chess match, but you're not going to build a game around that, a game plan for him. But I think it's his actual ability to maybe get outside the pocket some and use his legs to create some additional time. That could be a great asset. Patrick Mahomes does this a lot. A lot of the great quarterbacks have this ability um, to to extend the play, and it's his mobility. So what are they even talking about there? I mean, listen, you can uh, go online and listen to someone have two exact opposite takes about the same player. I mean, it's really like people are watching different film. Uh, CBS, like Off of Grid said, they were really hard on us. They wanted us to take Sam Howell. Listen, that is BS and nonsense. Let me tell you a little bit about Matt Corral. And you even brought this up. His mobility and ability to, to make throws outside the pocket, frankly, was probably the best in this draft. I mean, Malik Willis had some really big-time splash plays outside the pocket. 
But Matt Corral keeps his eyes downfield, is always looking to make a play. And, yes, he is a threat in the red zone to be able to run the football. The trade-off that Matt Corral is going to have to take and make is that he doesn't have that 240-pound Cam Newton type of body. So he's going to have to learn how to protect himself and slide and get down before contact comes his way if he's going to continue to be successful in the NFL. On top of that, though, Tony, if you look at him, there is no reason why he shouldn't be viewed as a potential game-changing franchise quarterback. The arm talent is there. The arm talent is there. He's scrappy. He beat the hell out of Wayne Gretzky's stuck-up-ass son. And you know he deserved it, by the way, because you just know that he does. And by the way, also think about it. This dude is a quarterback. Throwing a punch is very similar to the motion of throwing a football. I bet Matt Corral could knock the shit out of some fools, dude. I wouldn't go that far. Um, I'm not ready to all of a sudden pick him and our player that I want to recruit to have in a fight. I'm just saying, I bet my it man is. Hits. It is better to beat Wayne Gretzky's kid's ass than have your ass beat by Wayne Gretzky's kid. Oh, so sure. we'll give him that. The quick release is look. Uh, Chris Sims has him rated had him rated as his number one quarterback. Um, the ultimate knock on him only has been out of the system that he's come in and that they believe that it's so one to, like a one read that there's a curiosity if that will be able to translate to the NFL, as we've been talking about for the past month or so, like every dang quarterback has that question looming over them. Yep. It seems like in college, They're like, so um, I, I think also that a tight release, like you're saying right there actually gives you more time, right? You don't need these giant pockets to throw the ball. Uh, and mobility can help you just, you, know, you don't have to RPO it. You know, I mean, like, yeah. it's just like, it's just to, if the D end is chasing you to get one more second, I think uh, is a very helpful thing. Now in college though, he was out there running the ball like crazy. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want uh, to pick him in your fight? Oh, you sure? because my man oh. is willing to throw down with you, bro. Maybe you're right. My man's willing to throw hands, dude. That's I think I'm, I'm buying his jersey. You, I think dude, I'm going to buy his jersey. I do want to point out... I, I do want to point out he's fighting there, but look at the score. They are getting their asses whooped. And th- listen, so. the, the fact the fact that this man is a fighter, man, that, yeah. and that's why I, I, I led off with that with Akima Kwanu and Matt Corral being, uh, it, you know, like an example of the Panthers being a scrappy, tough, in-your-face, punch-you-in-the-mouth football team, man. And this dude ain't afraid of no one. Like, dude, I'm telling you, I love it. And I like the fact that he has a chip on his shoulder, Tony. He isn't that six foot five, 245-pound guy. He didn't go top 10. He fell to the second round. Now he has a chip on his shoulder, and all of his goals are right in front of him, right in front of him, because the only person stopping him from being a starting NFL quarterback is Sam Darnold. That's it. I'm pulling for this, man, dude. This is exactly what I feel like Panther fans needed to get their energy pumped back up and being ready for this next season, man. There's one other thing that's going well for him, and that's uh, Bob McAdoo uh, McAdoo seemingly had 
I heard that Federer referenced that McAdoo had a lot to do with this selection. Oh, yeah. And that's something else that we need to get. Tony, didn't we both say that Ben McAdoo, we were happy that this guy was in our draft room because he was going to make decisions like this. Right. Uh, apparently, he was Ben McAdoo's number one quarterback. I know that he was Chris Sims' number one quarterback, and that guy has been really accurate on his quarterback predictions the past few years in a row. Yeah, man, I think we may have gotten the steal of the draft, especially if he ends up being a franchise quarterback. Tim Jenkins also, we know he has pretty good valuations of these guys. He had him yep. as his top quarterback as well. Um, which I think is, and he had Malik pretty close to the bottom, which you could take that with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, that was fair too. Like, I mean, you don't have to, Malik doesn't have to be everybody's golden boy. No, no. Yeah. I mean, the thing is at this point in time is Matt Corral, the, the, like, and I, we talked about it on the Saturday sit-in, if you will, like Matt, <laughs> yep. could have been, this isn't the best possible way this could have happened. It sucks because he loses income by being drafted in the third. But the reality is he doesn't have the pressure of a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the pressure of somebody trading up to get him in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. And and we gave up peanuts to get into the third to be able to draft him, right? Um, I, listen, he's not coming in here with the expectation he is going to be the franchise guy immediately, right? Is that something that we all hope will happen eventually? Yeah. But it took Josh Allen a while to get the kind of get the hang of it. I mean, even Lamar Jackson sat behind, uh, you know, Flacco for a year, right? You know, while being introduced a little bit to the offenses, right? You know, you look at uh, the best quarterbacks in the league have not been starting quarterbacks when they first came out in the league yet. I mean, in, in, in the league currently, like the people you would consider the top people other than maybe a Kyler Murray um, or, you know, even a Deshaun Watson, which I think Deshaun might have even not been a starting quarterback when he started. They didn't intend him to be, but he ended up being anyway. Same as right. Justin Herbert. And again, and, those guys are exceptions to the rule, you know? Well, that so raises the right. question for me right there. Does he take the starting position because of how impressive he is, how much more impressive he is in training camp than Sam Darnold? Or do we have to see Sam Darnold fall? I think we have to see Sam Darnold before. fall. So, Sam Dar- so basically then he thinks Sam Darnold's going to start and he just has to really fall on his face before they're like, all right. Yeah, I don't. Man. I think that Sam Darnold has always seemed to be a a very good camp performer, right? He's always been able to I felt like last year they were saying like oh he was he did a very good job. Like I mean they were just like praising his ability to read the defenses and stuff like that. And then it changes when it becomes a real game because I think the problem with Sam Darnold has been and always will be at this point in time because I've seen no evidence to to prove otherwise has been mental there has not been anything physical about his game that has prevented him from being successful it has all been mental and and so i think when you're in training camp mental is comes a lot easier than when it does after you get out of the uh get out of the uh you know get out there and actually play really valuable nfl games that's a really, really good point. Yeah, I always shoot better at the driving range than I do in the actual golf course. I love this so, yeah. comment. I love this comment by JD54. I see my quarterback out there throwing hands. I'm right there with him. Again, how do you not love that, man? It's like yeah. this dude. And listen, I want to turn this back on CK and Greg. Like, what do you guys think of Matt Corral? Do you think that the Panthers scooped up a franchise quarterback here? 
did we pick up the legend who beat the hell out of Wayne Gretzky's son? What are, you, what, what are we feeling? I'll tell you my answer real quick because it's going to be pretty quick. I don't know. Like, I have <laughs> I have really low expectations, right, at this point in time. Um, I don't – he was drafted in the third, right? It wasn't like people were, you know, mooning over this guy. I'm optimistic based on the fact that we, you know, seem to have really felt like, you know, when you saw that draft room, they really did not expect Matt Corral to be there, which is why I think the Baker Mayfield conversation even came into play, right? Um, I don't know that he was the guy for the entire time. Like, I don't know that he was the guy they were going for. Um, but I think that Matt Corral has potential to surprise all of us. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on that, too. I think... Th- I don't know enough about him to not to be pessimistic about it, but I also can't really be super optimistic about it. What I truly want is I want, if he's going to be the quarterback from like game two on, I want him to be there the whole season under center the whole season. I want consistency. Just give me consistency the first year. If they put you in game four, the rest of the season, I want to see you taking snaps, you know, behind center. So that's what I really truly want. I, I don't want to ask for wins or anything else like that. I just want to see, you know, hard work and, and you playing. Cause there's been, it's been a carousel of quarterbacks for years in the Carolinas and I hate it. It's so irritating. Can't uh, I, tell you, I tell you one thing about Matt Corral is he's going to be one of the more popular people in Charlotte and North and South of Carolina until he starts Right, like from now to the moment he actually starts a football game, he will be one of the more popular names and people to talk about in Charlotte and Carolina sports than anybody. He has an opportunity to become the most popular person in Panther Nation if he start when he does take a start, impress. The thing is, is that he has something going for him right now, and it also is adding to the pressure of the pick, and that is no one believes in Sam Darnold. The coaching staff barely does. The Carolina Panther fans have made him a whipping boy. I've said I think they made it that he has been a patsy and sort of a scapegoat in some ways. He could be very much better next year behind a much more improved line. But the problem with Sam Darnold is when things start going bad, he just panics like crazy and crazy. Just It's just like you do not want him on the boat if you start taking on water because he's just going to melt down. But Corral is, you know, everybody's just going to be like, put in Corral, put in Corral, put in yeah. Corral. Like, I mean, it is. So he is going to be super popular. But if he comes in and he's really good, too. Oh my God! Imagine the stratosphere he would just go to. And by the way, that's not even outside the realm of possibility, y'all. If this offensive line takes the next step and becomes as good as we believe it has the potential to be, and you have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, oh, and Christian McCaffrey is coming back healthy, and you have a second-year Terrace Marshall Jr., a second-year Shy Smith, a second-year Tommy Tremble. Like, dude, it's not outside the realm of possibility that Matt Corral could actually be dropped into this offense and be a good quarterback sooner than expected. My question to all of you and to everyone in the chat room is, if Sam Darnold starts to suck and people do start to call for Matt Corral, what is your worry and your uh, anxiety level 
that we could potentially ruin Matt Corral and his trajectory by playing him too early. I don't personally adhere to that bullshit. I think you play them, let them take their licks. If they're a badass and they'll come back and they'll be better next year when you build up the team. Look at all the quarterbacks last year, like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Look how highly touted they were. And none of them had special rookie seasons in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to take your licks sometimes. But are any of you afraid that we could potentially ruin it? No, not not at all. I mean, the thing is, it, worst case scenario, if you did, then you just have a Sam Darnold. We're already there. So yeah, and he's a third round pick. Is that we're just really hype and hype on him right now because we don't have a quarterback. Honestly, and like it's not think, that he's a number one pick, and then you're going to put him on a team that has no weapons and no offensive line, and you're really worried about getting him killed. You're not really like it's a lo- uh, not a lot on the line for Carolina. Honestly, I think it caused more harm than good to not put him out there if Sam Darnold is really that bad. Like if Sam Darnold is going out there and he is sucking it up and they aren't putting Matt, what type of confidence do you think that shows that they have in him? If and that like is that not going to be a knock to your confidence as a quarterback if they're not putting you in and this guy is sucking it like day in, week in, week out? There's like literally no reason for him to still be in the game and they're still not putting you in. Like what would be even worse is if they named PJ the second like the the the, the backup? Yeah. I agree. That's a great. Like, is do do you carry three quarterbacks? Would be one thing, and I gotta say no. I think you should just. I'm hoping it's Corral, and if Darnold isn't good, then you just put him in. But I, if we're really right, if the things that we've talked about for the last 52 minutes before this moment about that offensive line are anywhere in the realm of reality, is Sam Darnold should will be better next year than he was last year. Right. And I'm not saying that that means that he's going to be good. I just don't know a world where I'm going to see a Sam Donald that was worse than last year with a line that's a lot that should be notably better. That would be really bad. And then if that's the case, you have a duty and obligation to play the best player. And that would not be him. Yeah. I just wonder how long that leash is. Greg, how long do you think? Uh, of a leash Sam Darnold has this year? Uh, Not very long at all. I'm of the belief that he could be taken over in training camp. I mean, they've made it very clear. Right. Very clear that they're out on him. You know, and now we have a quarterback. And, and, you know, the good thing about drafting at three is they can even say to him, they can run the story of, which they've been kind of trying to do of, well, we still like you, Sam. Like, Look, we're giving you competition. We waited till the third round to draft a quarterback for you, so we can't say we were being unfair, you know. Uh, I, but I think that honestly, his job's in jeopardy. If we have a good preseason with Matt Corral, you may see him as starting quarterback day one. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we're around an hour into the podcast. If you've never been here before, this is a bunch of people who come and congregate. And they love to hear the sultry, silky, smooth embrace of the man whose voice makes them moist. Codizzle, talk to him, Big Papa. Oh, welcome in on this fine Tuesday evening, the eve of the draft. And we have found ourselves with a, a buttload of optimism. And you've come into this chat, you've listened to 
four incredibly white guys talk about football for no other reason than we look incredibly sexy tonight and you haven't hit that like button. How do you think that makes us feel on the inside? Our insides need that dopamine. When we see that like button, that counter continue to rise, our, our dopamine goes through the roof and that means we can provide you even better content and we can get out and get a bigger reach to even more people that need more Panthers content. So here, first and foremost, Danielle, happy birthday and subscriber shame. Subscriber shame, 250 people watching, 107 thumbs up. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. Panther Nation is buzzing. There is hope. There is a reason to believe in our future. Tony Dunn, let's listen to what these fans have to say here in the cat calls. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good like What's up, C3 family? It's your boy, 89J Stubbs. How's it J. going? Stubbs. Just want to talk about this uh, draft. Um, I gave the draft a B. I thought we did well. Got a lot of potential there, but at the end of the day, we got one starter, maybe two if one of them linebackers can step up. Um, but if you look at uh, Matt Corral, uh, what he ran a lot in college, a lot of RPOs and they say he makes one read, but you go watch the film. He makes multiple reads. But the problem trying to make is him in an RPO offense, not saying starting day one, not saying he'll be ready. I'm saying this in general. If you look, you want to have optimism. Is Evan Neal was super dominant in the RPO offense. They ran in state. They ran a lot of, you know, RPOs because he's so dominant. And I think him, C-Mac, uh, the other two running backs we got, Foreman, um, and Evan Neal, and then, you, like you said, you add Corral to an RPO-type offense, man. I just think it would be super, super great, man. And uh, I say we bring – maybe bringing Clowney and Foles, try to get bring Clowney in. I know he's a mouth to sometimes, but it sure helps with the run. And maybe bring Foles in on a cheap deal to just have a veteran in the room. All right, guys. Later. Nice. What do you think? I, I mean, the clowny thing be interesting, you know, is that yeah. you're kind of you're a little thin at the de- defensive end. You got a young YGM that you're hoping could show up. But even in Phil Snow's press conference, they he said it's really for him. It's been availability. That's been the issue. Right. Um, and then you get draft this. Guy. Yeah, you draft a guy who is deep. A lot of people are excited about him. What's his name, Cody? Which one? The, the Virginia Tech. Uh, I had it up just a minute ago. All the draft picks. Dang it. The the that we drafted. That we drafted. Yeah. 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 yeah Amaro Bure, I believe. Uh, his name is kind of weird. Uh, Amaro. I have it up. I have the list right here. 
Well, the point that I'm trying to get to is that Brian Barno. Burns, it, yeah. Barno, Amare Barno, yeah. Barno, uh, Amare, so yes, yeah, Amare Barno, the very talented. The yeah, a lot of people are have, like talked about his athleticism and the traits, but that's a what some he's super young. I hear like like twenty or twenty one, so that's a a developmental pick. So you're not gonna go into the season thinking that those. We don't have Morgan Fox anymore. Right. Um, you're really trying to do Brian Burns, YGM, Marquise Haynes. Marquise Haynes, I think, can handle a lot of that ro- uh, load with good defensive tackles bes- be- beside him. But if you did bring in a clowny, um, that's the type of player you could use to balance out that offensive line on the other side of um, Brian Burns, a rounded player. So I'm, I am interested in that. Um, that and that would tell us a little bit about um, what they think um, about their chances are this year. You know, what I mean, all of a sudden that would yep. be a move trying to tell you that they think they got something they can cook with. Um, let's go on to the next call. Hey, this is Panther Pickle, and I just wanted to throw my thoughts on the draft. I like all our picks. I really think that we did a good job this year. I would grade it as a. Um, uh, uh, maybe an A minus or a B plus, but um, um, except for maybe Barnes, the seventh round pick, I really, really don't comprehend that pick. I, I understand he's fast, but I mean, they're, at the seventh round pick with the depth we already have at corner, I just think there's other people that could have taken. Uh, for example, Carson Strong, the quarterback out of Nevada. I mean, he was for a seventh round pick. You could get that put that guy on your roster, maybe even a backup or something, you know, maybe a trade or something. But and then you got the Justin Ross, the the uh the wide receiver from Clemson was available. You got a center Alex Strongstrom, you got line jack linebackers Sanborn and Weatherford, Smoke Monday, the safety was out there. There's even a few kickers that we could have taken it for a seventh round pick. I mean, let's remember uh, Buckner, uh, the Chiefs kicker, was once our seventh round pick. So there, there's a corner. There would have been better answers at corner at, than corner. But it is what it is, and I do like the draft picks overall. And this is not a smack on Barnes either. He may turn out to be a, a excellent fast uh, uh, corner. That's I'm not don't mean to disrespect him, but you know, I just thought we could have picked a better option at that pick. But anyway, keep pounding and. We may be a better season than some think. I think we've we got it. I was going to ask you guys. I'm going to do some shorts this week about this. Is um, what the best, like kind of what the best position group on our team is, like the strongest units. Right. And uh, there are, I think, going to be some good conversations to be had about that. And he brought up the secondary, and the secondary is young. And if we think and believe, I think was this Keith Taylor, I believe is the guy's name from last year. A lot of people, Steve Smith liked him a lot. Um, and my, yeah. okay. um, that room all of a sudden has some depth and there's some excitement to it back there with Cher- Jeremy Chin leading that group. But, you know, he is, <laughs> the joke was, is that that guy was a Baylor pick. But I hear he balls, dude. Like a lot of people said that that kid balls and that he's fast as all get out. And it's a traits like pick. But you're right. There are some things you could have done that would have um, you can continue to pad that team. Uh, but last year we tried to do some cute stuff like that and drafted a long snapper 
mm-hmm. in the back end. So yeah, we didn't even have on the team for the know. entire game year. Do, um, go ahead. do y'all think that this draft, which I think went pretty well, you can have your, you know, certain players, or whatever, but I think overall we did pretty well. Is it somewhat bittersweet though? Did we just save Matt Rule's job? By having a I think so. Draft. I think so. Yeah. Is like, that what, I, what if Corral comes in and wins 10? I'm just saying comes in and wins 10 games this year because it's possible. We have an offensive line now. CMC's back if he's healthy. DJ Moore, young, good, fresh defense. What if we win 10 games? Did we just I think we could win nine time? with Darnold? Listen, as I much think as nine we, with Darnold's as, a possibility. As much as we dislike Matt Rule, it's like, what are you more? A fan of the Panthers or a non-fan of Matt Rule? Like at the end of the day, as much as I dislike this clown, as much as I don't think it is a good right. long term option, like if the Panthers can be a 10 win football team, then let's fucking let's go, it. baby. Let's I'm ready it. to go. This middle five of the five and eight, middle of the road type of bullshit, right. dude. I'm done with that, man. This this middle of the road trash to me feels even worse than being like one of the you know the worst teams in football. Right, uh, and we have been one of the worst teams in football, man. Yeah. If our talent can overcome Matt Rule, then let it happen, man. I am. I'm at the point on um, Monday. I put out a little short video, and it was just about how um, we need to forgive the Matt Rule of last year. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, you give him a pass. That doesn't mean you forget. But I think right now you have to breathe optimism into this season. Right. Is that and I think the people who have instructed us to do that are the Carolina Panthers themselves. They have taken an approach uh, in the offseason and in this draft that was not panicky, but also thoughtful enough that they believed that they gave Matt Rule the tools to go succeed. I would disagree with that slightly. Okay. They tried to become panicky with Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. If you you almost and I have fallen for the Panthers propaganda. I've already forgotten about Deshaun Watson, like completely, like it was even a thing. It almost was like an organization. But you're right. That is a oh, let's go. That is a like the big sexy move. But I do feel like this is. I don't think they sold um, this team out in free agency this year. I thought they made wise strong pickups that made the team better for the most like that offensive line. I think they gave, they didn't ditch Matt rule, right? They didn't set him up for a failure. For right. a tank. And I think this team has the talent with Sam Darnold to win nine games. And I don't know who, what it is with Matt Corral. I think right now is you got to believe that right now, Matt rule, we got to get back to thinking of Matt rule at the end of 2020 one rather than 2022 right and i think there's a chance i think there's a chance that he could and i'm rooting for it i'm rooting for the carolina panthers to have a good season um i'm excited i have optimism and the reason i have i'm so optimistic is not because of one thing i don't think matt corral is going to save us i don't think one thing is going to save us i just think we finally have a decent offensive line a very or above average offensive line that we compare with a defense and I think that that can give you a chance to be a good football team. Yeah. The number, I well said. The number is 252 228 5098. What's going on, fellas? Corey calling in. Um, 
just wanted to give my take on the draft, man. I hope I hope everybody's feeling as good as I am about it, man. I, I really, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with with, with what Fitter and, and and the team has done. Obviously, you don't want to like speak too highly or get too ahead of yourself because you know these players just have to hit the field. But when we talk about what we're coming away with after what we were going into the draft with, like coming into the draft not knowing what the hell was going to happen, and we had the sixth overall pick and then nothing until round four, and then to be able to walk out with a lot of people's number one left tackle in the entire draft, um, a very, very, very talented quarterback that we didn't have to – we barely gave up shit for him. Like, bro, I can't tell you how, how fucking lit I am that we got Matt Corral, man, and that we did not uh, yeah. give up any capital for Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo type. True that. You know what I'm saying? Mid-20s quarterback. Like, I don't, I don't want that. If we're going to – move away from Sam Darnold, let's go ahead and, and, and find a piece. We didn't, you know, reach for Malik or Kenny Pickett. Um, we got a talented guy um, that, that could potentially be our future. And then this linebacker we just picked up, what's his name? I'm reading up on Bro now. Brandon, Brandon Smith. Smith. Um, come back in and get him in the fourth round. Perfect six, three, Runs a four five. I mean, shit, we, we need linebacker depth. Like Shaq, he, he's getting up there. We uh, – uh, Jermaine Carter, he was terrible. So I mean, I feel like coming into the draft, we we did a lot of good moves, especially thinking where we were going coming in. Man, I didn't I didn't think we'd be able to uh, get this many quality players at, at like really really positional needs, man. So you know, I think I think we're um, we're on a good upswing up. I'll see what we can do for the rest of these few rounds. But I hope everybody else is liking these picks like I am, man. Let's see what else we got going on. Don't forget funny man Damian Wilson, the cat killer, um, or the fake cat killer, that he could be missing action. So tell me about this. So we needed this linebacker pick is important. Another reason oh, yeah. that the Carolina Panthers got uh, high draft grades from people is kind of mixing high upside guys with needs on the team. So I feel like the draft people who review us, Right, who like the draft nerds who rate people's drafts, they have to combine like the talent of the player, the upside of the player, which they always love, with the need of the team because then it becomes more than BPA. So tell us about this guy. Yeah, listen, this is the definition of a high upside prospect. All of the guys that the Panthers drafted this year tested very well at the combine. And Matt Rule has told you as such before, right. they believe in these guys with the crazy athletic profiles. None other than Brandon Smith, six foot four, 245 pounds, number 12 at Penn State. This dude is a heat seeking missile, man. They played him a little bit all over the field. So he's a little bit rusty when it comes to certain things. They're going to really have to coach him up. But when you look at just a pure specimen, of a linebacker and of a football player. This guy is a physical freak. They're going to ask him to play big and strong, play downhill, run between the tackles, and make plays and shut things off to the outside. Uh, again, he's very raw. He's going to need some polish to his game. But from every indication is, is that he's a great learner. He's a powerful young man. Uh, and I think this is a tremendous pick. For the Panthers, man. You put him next to Shaq Thompson. You have Frankie Louvu on this team. Hopefully this goes a long way in the Panthers linebacking core becoming much better 
than it has been because the past few years it's been atrocious. I think he's um, pretty young. Is uh wait maybe no that was the defensive end. I'm trying to think this Brandon Smith guy, linebacker, Penn State. He's, he's twenty one. Um, twenty one. He's listed as this is six three. Oh god, stupid NFL.com and their damn automatic ads. Um he's listed as six three and a half, uh, two hundred and fifty pounds. Um <laughs> I think he's an athletic guy as in he yeah, look, he had a thirty seven inch vertical, hundred and twenty eight inch broad jump, and he ran a four five. I think this is a player that kind of reminds me of a of a um underdeveloped like who's the guy that you liked a lot last year from clemson kind of uh isaiah simmons yeah is that like um a little longer version of a linebacker maybe then you know six three isn't a crazy high but usually the the linebacker i feel like it's just he's a little lean longer like 250 pounds is not too light for a linebacker at 21 21 he's going to be able to to grow into that by Shaq Thompson. They wanted him under 250 for a while. So this guy doesn't look big. They have said that getting him in run fits is going to be the important part um, of his development. Well, it's so funny because you and Cody both gave off height and weight and both of them were just different. And I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers and it's different from what both of oh. y'all said. <laughs> so I'm looking at three different height and weights right. for this guy. What is he? What do you got? Ooh, let's On the read Panthers website says six, three, even two forty. Tony, you said six, three and a half, two fifty, And Cody, you said six, four, two forty five. So I was like, wow. Okay. So he's somewhere in that range. Yeah. He's somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah. Somewhere in that, in that vicinity. So we'll say he's two forty five because I had two fifty. This is NFL.com prospects, draft prospects. Yeah. Um, and does it, <laughs> it's just funny how that works, you know, like, cause we're it on, is, on different sites. I'm on the, and I'm on the Panther site. So. Yeah. Um, so is that this kind of seems like a guy though that Cody I could see being a more modern linebacker in the NFL, sure. you know, and um, so good stuff there is uh, meeting needs uh, and picking high upside players. Let's go back to the calls. Hey, what's up, fellas? This is Hampton Howe, HH, from down in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, this is my first time calling in. Listen to you guys uh, for a long time. Um, but the reason I'm calling in is because of uh, Tony's short that he made the other day about forgiving that rule, and um, it just really touched me. And, um, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that I could listen to that have contained Panther co- uh, content, um, but you guys have something special going on, um, and I think that's why you guys have such a high uh, viewer rate. Um, I probably won't be calling back but or anytime soon, but I just want to let you guys know that I really appreciate your fellowship and keep up the good work well Great look uh, i do thank you for your one-time call um no that's awesome is uh thank you i like i like that is um one of the things about i want people to hopefully do on the internet and myself this is just something i challenge my own self to do is to change my ideas as information presents itself right and being open to adapting and evolving of your ideas on any subject. And that doesn't mean that you have to surrender your beliefs 
just but with the wind where the wind blows but to become entrenched in an idea despite evidence you know is that you just have to know things are fluid and so that's what we got to do we got to believe that matt rule uh what happened last year is not the only story to matt rule and that the story's not over i uh, appreciate the call and you call, uh calling in i like this is that even though you're not calling back uh, he said i'm not calling i probably won't call back <laughs> but he did say that he would continue listening and i like that he um feels it kind of implied there's a community going even for people who aren't on the show who may not be able to participate in the live chat there's a lot of people that watch the show on youtube or on facebook later on uh there are people that uh listen to it in the car on the way on the commute right. and i like that he feels um a part of that community so we appreciate your support the number is 252-228-5098 let's keep going Hi there, Tony, Cody, Cody, Greg, everybody out there. Um, it's been a while since I've phoned in. Rich? So hi, I Rich. just wanted to say hi. Um, I like the draft. Impressed with with what we managed to do with, with so little. Never has so much been done with so little, I believe some Englishman once said. Um, yeah, Econru's great, um, especially as it looks like we're going to try and run the ball a lot. Really pleased with that. Uh, Matt Corral, who knows, but very twitchy. Looking at his tape, if you watch yeah. how quick he resets his feet, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so down on Sam Darnold. I mean, I don't know if I've said this. Sam Darnold doesn't look like a quarterback. I mean, it's not even that he's bad. He just doesn't look like a quarterback. He looks like a converted linebacker trying to play quarterback, which is what he was. But shocking. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, Coral, who knows? Uh, or Corral. I think Golden Corral going rounds, but whatever. Um, and then, yeah, picking twitchy guys later on. Um, between Chin and Smith, we might have two six foot three linebacker strong safety types roaming the secondary mm. to cover tight ends. Um, and then taking just yes, basically the fastest players they can find, whether that's for, there seems to have been a bit of an issue with, um, boosting special teams this season. Between taking Hecker, we signed Andre Roberts today. And we're bringing in these guys that are running sub 4-3, which is insane speed. Um, I think there's going to be a real emphasis on that. Probably because perfect. we're going to end up punting all the time if we're starting gone. Um, but anyway, I still listen to you guys all the time. I don't commute anymore. So finding three or five hours isn't quite as easy as it was. But um, <laughs> loving all your stuff, guys. and wishing you all the best. Um, still listening in. And uh, keep pounding. Okay. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yeah. A fantastic call by Rich from across the pond over there in the UK. And mm-hmm. listen, that's another great segue. Those are two great cat call segues in a row because the next player that he uh, he sort of alluded to there, defensive ends running uh, a 4.38. This is Amari Barno, the defensive end out of Virginia Tech. Um, and this a dude four, is three, eight? Yeah, man, he's that fast. It was one of the fastest defensive end prospects ever at the combine. The physical upside is there, man. He's six foot six, long arms, 245 pounds. This guy has the physical build to be able to not only put on more muscle, but to use his naturally long arms to shoot his hands into the chest of opposing offensive lineman and mm. just be a dog man 
I mean, I think raw aggression is something that you see the Panthers trying to put an emphasis on with Frankie Louvu. Um, now, you know, now we have Brian Burns off the edge. You added Matt Ioannidis. Now you add a guy like this, and your pass rush should be able to be nasty, especially on third downs, being able to get after the quarterback. I even think Ben McAdoo, and I said this in one of our earlier streams, I kind of think that we're probably, um, or not Ben McAdoo, but Phil Snow with Steve Wilkes, we're probably going to see a lot of corner blitzes, a lot of linebacker blitzes. We have enough speed to scare the shit out of opposing quarterbacks every time we play them. This is another fantastic physical talent on the Carolina Panthers. It's his, uh, I'd like to see some of his agility drills, right? Where it comes to, right. man, he's got a good vertical. He's got a big, broad jump. He's super fast. But like that three cone, the three cone drill, some of those agility in space, because when you read off this guy's, um, like his size and what position he plays, this would have been a very high pick in, say, 2010, 11. Quentin Copels, who was from Kenton, North Carolina, I think he also played at UNC Chapel Hill. He was one of those players that they saw as a defensive, that played defensive end in college, but they saw him being a 3-4 stand-up defensive end. So you could do some fun stuff with him. But the question is, can you ask those guys to drop into coverage a lot? And that's yeah. really where, like, they're great. You just don't want them to be what happens with Quentin Copels is that the pass rush was there. It's just the coverage part and the lateral quickness wasn't there so much. But that's crazy athletic. Again, I think this is why the draft gurus love the Carolina Panthers draft, a need defensive end. Like, you, you're going down the list. Of all the things, offensive line, yeah. check. You pick a super – well, that's elite prospect. Then you get to the quarterback, and again, you're, it's the traits and the upside that meets and dovetails with the need on the team that makes the pick exciting. Then you move on to the next one, linebacker. Upside and need. Boom. This guy, upside and need. And that has made us excited about it. And, boy, they – do you think they are money balling it too much, or that's what you should be doing it, it doing in the fifth and sixth round, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is. By the way, I told you wrong. My apologies. I said he ran a four point three eight. He ran a four point three six at two hundred and forty five pounds. <laughs> Maybe so, we should just make him like a wide receiver. I mean, do a tight end. Like, why can't yeah. we just? Yeah, I mean, like maybe he should be. He, you know, he only has nine inch hands for being six five. There's a like maybe he can't catch. Um, I mean, obviously, listen, I, I think his fast physical ability to be able to fly to the football. The Panthers put an emphasis on. Why speed. can't we make him a tight end? That would be awesome. Imagine that. I mean, hey, I'm I'm down for a lot of different things if it's clever, mm. if it works. That would be crazy. Uh, but, I mean, I think Tommy Tremble has yet to show you uh, what kind of BC is, man. So that ought to be exciting as well. But uh, one of the questions that's going to run throughout our draft is that we have a lot of raw talent, a lot of guys that need coaching up. They, you know, they need a few years to learn, to 
you know, for Brandon Smith, it's going to be gap assignments. Uh, for Amari, it's going to be a lot more pass rushing maneuvers. For Akima Kwanu, it's going to be, you know, pass sets and making sure that, you know, he doesn't extend himself too much. Matt Corral, it's going to be all the ins and outs of a real legitimate pro-style system. Um, so but the, the real question is, do we have faith in our coaching staff to actually develop all the young, incredibly talented players the coaches have right now? Because they do need a fresh coat of polish before they're really ready to be, you know, pro bowl, all pro level prospects. If they ever make it to that point. None of these guys were drafted for that, except for Akima Kwanu. Yeah. None of them were drafted right. in the short term to be just transcendent play. They are, these are kind of just good value picks for us. And I think, look, is with James Campen, we haven't even talked about the Cade Mays, whatever, dude, is that offensive lineman. I'm telling you, this guy might be one of those gems that you add into that. So with James Campen and that offensive line, I expect them to be much improved. Steve Wilkes, we don't have really any secondary things we're going to be talking about so far in the, you know, with the guys we've selected. So we have confidence in Steve Wilkes. But I tell you this is this coaching staff has shown a willingness to play young guys and put a lot of responsibility on them. So particularly on defense, so this linebacker um, uh, that we picked, this defensive end, I have more faith in them uh, than a lot because, look, uh, Phil Snow's done a good job of, of coaching up a young defense very quickly. And Jeremy and Chin, I think, is a great example of this. Right. And I'm not saying one of these guys is going to be to that level, but right now on the defensive side, we believe that they can coach people up. It's the offensive side that the question marks lie, and this draft is kind of taking us away from that because, one, the p- selections we made on offense were on offensive line. There's kind of a question looming in my head is that is our wide receiver group weak? I know that sounds strange, right? DJ, off the table. Don't need to talk about him. Strength, super strength for this squad. But the talkative Robbie Anderson, the very the very talkative Robbie Anderson is, right. is that how good is he? And look, I'm not trying to say that he's bad. I actually have a lot. I like him in a lot of ways. But even in his best capacity, him and uh, DJ can uh, probably, there's, like DJ can only raise that boat, that ceiling right. so high. Robbie could either add to it or pull it down a little. Right now, he's kind of neutral, maybe even pulling it down, both because of his play on the field last year and then kind of the distraction stuff that's going on surrounding him. The real question mark goes is, is uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. enough at the third spot to really say that our receiving core is strong. I'm almost starting to put it in one of our weaker units. Am I missing a guy because Shai Smith is not going to be on this team? You can tell me that you got the undrafted Rambo. Am I missing somebody on this Rosilstra? Wait, 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 wait. Why do you say Shai Smith isn't going to be on this team? He's he's had the the charges filed against him. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's not like yeah, he's done, dude. And he's a uh, no, he's but like I mean, how about this? Is they they brought in a new return guy? I just don't know. 
if he is um, the grace that you you can't you don't get a lot of grace when you're on a lower pick and on the mm-hmm. bubble. Right. I think the fact that we have three different big name receiving prospects and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey, even though he is a running back, I think the rest of our guys are just unproven. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, it, it isn't hard to recoup on um, on on wide receivers. I mean, through the draft, you can find them. In free agency, you can find them. But and I really like what James but we didn't in this just... says right right here though. Uh, I mean, yes, it, they're not necessarily as proven, but we have all the talent in the world in our receiving core. And Terrace Marshall Jr., we haven't even begun to see the best of this guy. You have to give him some time with a better offensive line, a more consistent offensive coordinator, and a quarterback that can routinely get him the football. Those things right. matter. Not fighting that. The point is, though, is that is it one of our stronger units right now? And on the face of it, you can't. I know you threw Christian McCaffrey in there. That's a little weak jab there. Like, he I don't is know. a receiver, though. I mean, he's both. Yeah. Is both. he not? Look, I, I, I think that it's it's definitely needs improvement. But I think where it needs improvement, I think you'd be okay with Marshall because he'll step up. I think we need to try to trade for a really like a proven tight end. I think that would improve our receiving core better than just about everything. Then you've got McCaffrey, a good receiving tight end, a great wide receiver, and then between Robbie Anderson and Marshall, hopefully somebody who can you know, can I balls. I believe Tommy Trimble under McAdoo can really ex- like explode yeah, on this offense. Maybe. I yeah, don't. I do too. You know, I think that he has the. If you look at his like what he's capable of, and I I remember early even in the preseason, like he had some flashes of what you want in a tight end. Like, and, and I think that he has that potential because I remember making a statement like the dude just looks different. And I just, if given an opportunity in an offense that actually suits tight ends, which I don't think uh, Joe Brady had an offense that was actually going to be tight end friendly. Um, I think it was very clearly, you know, tailored to a, uh, a quarterback who couldn't get enough time to be able to get the ball out. So he was doing a lot of short passes. Um, and that wasn't to the tight end for some reason when I felt like that was probably the most ideal place for a ball to go like that. But yeah, I just, I, I think Tommy Trimble has a, a lot of potential here. I hope that'd be great. I love it. Yeah. Man. I think too is, um, I mean, I think Ben McAdoo is going to do a lot for this team. Uh, I think he's going to bring do a too, lot. Man. Let's go. Ben McAdoo uh, has been an asset to us and he hasn't even coached a game for us yet. Things have only gotten better game. since he's got here. That's true. That's true. Uh, 252-228-5098. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. You know who the fuck it is. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka! It's G, baby, and I got a lot to fucking say. And Tony, I'd appreciate it if you play these motherfucking calls in order. Because I'm coming at you today. You pissed oh, me the Lord. fuck off, G. Uh-oh. So I'm going to call this segment Sipping on That Juice once again. These bitch-ass motherfuckers got you guys sipping on that juice again. What <laughs> has this organization proved? What have they proven to us, guys? What has this front office done? Come on, man. 31 teams avoided Matt Corral for a fucking reason, man. 31 oh, teams avoided this man for a fucking reason. 
And we just happened to be the team that pulled the fucking trigger, and we fucking traded a third-round pick to move up to go get this guy, man. We were the dummies to go do that. The same clown show fucking organization, the same fucking Carolina Panthers doing the same stupid-ass fucking shit, man. 31 teams avoided trading for Baker Mayfield, and we were going to be the one team to fucking pull the trigger. We were going to be that team. Knowing damn well these guys are about to tra- to cut this motherfucker, and we but were we about did. to trade for this motherfucker. Another good segue. I hate these guys. Didn't. <laughs> I hate these guys. Another thing: multiple teams. The Jags had two first round picks. The Jets had three. The Giants had two, and the Lions had two. We suck just as bad as them, or even worse. Why the fuck do we not have multiple fucking draft picks, man? In the first round. Why? Call the tank. Why do all these teams I see coming up are making moves and actually improving? We haven't improved. What have we done? What the fuck have we done? How have we improved? Where? I like the icky pick. I love the icky pick, actually. It was either between him or Evan Hill in my book. That's who I wanted. I love that pick. Well, there's your answer. For us to trade that third to move up to get an alcohol QB that loves to party. Um, that has a pressure problem that's willing to open up about it, which is totally okay. But if you want to open up in front of the world, bro, it's obvious. But you want that to be the face of the franchise, right? God fucking damn, that's stupid, man. Love the icky pick. Love it. 18-week schedule, boys. 18 weeks. I want to talk about the Saints roster. I want to talk about the fucking Saints and what they've done, man. Because I don't think I don't think the Panther Nation, the, these dumb motherfuckers, are giving these guys enough credit, man. The Saints are looking scary, man. And whoever says that we're gonna go one on one or or beat them twice, y'all are fools, fools, man. And then and go then and pick up a hall. Beat him last year. Was that the last of his? That's it. He's got one. Stuff. He's got. He's got. Yeah. I mean, he's got three more minutes. So if you want to react to that beginning, yeah. So one, we have to listen, Tony. I, I, maybe I kind of glossed over this earlier before. Matt Corral, to me, he's like an everyman, dude. In today's world, who doesn't deal with anxiety and depression? Let alone during the pandemic when the entire world was going through it. Like, yeah, this is someone that's relatable, man. Right. He's been through some things. He isn't. Can you perfect. tell me some of the details on this? I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, man. So apparently, when. Uh, so he had gotten into the fight with Wayne Gretzky's son over at USC. He ends up transferring over to Ole Miss. And this is like near and around the time of COVID. And he said that he was just upset and depressed. His teammates didn't know, you know, really what he was going through. Uh, he said that he was drinking too much at one point in time. And that he was really going through it, man. He was going through a difficult time. But then ultimately was able to overcome that. He even made a support group of, uh, you know, for people that were dealing with similar kind of issues. And because of that, he dedicated himself to learning the playbook, being a better quarterback, and being a better person all around. So it's like, yeah, man. So like G Baby came, dude, G Baby and C Dog came on the Sunday show at the same time. Dude, that was difficult trying to be a moderator on that day, okay? I said the same thing to G-Baby then because he brought it up there, too. Like, oh, we have a, uh, you know, a a depressed quarterback that's an alcoholic. 
Like, man, you can't just throw that against someone just because someone has been through a difficult time in their life, man. Like, that's fucked up. We shouldn't do that anyway. And who doesn't like to have a drink from time to time? It's like, dude, it's such a non-issue. You're latching onto a story that is designed to tear down the lives of young people before they even start their NFL career, man. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it's like it's kind of spineless, man. So well, I'm not about it. Good. More to the point of what he's saying and what have we done? We've done a lot. Like we've been screaming to fix the offensive line. We drafted two proven offensive linemen and use us first round pick to get what people are arguably saying is the best pick on the board, like in, in the draft. Right. So we've done a lot to improve the offensive line. I mean, look, if, if you're upset about us trading up to get the, to get him as, as a the Matt Corral, it's obviously a vendetta against Corral. You just don't like Corral because what else would we have done? Just not picked anything and gone in with Sam Darnold? Worst case scenario is he's as bad as Sam Darnold. And what have we spent on him, you know? And it's not like we traded into the first or the second. Yeah. I mean, like like CK said earlier in the show, this is a non. The tr- I hate when they down the trades. Like, I saw a lot of teams. I saw somebody writing negatively about the Jacksonville Jaguars um, draft. And they were like, I can't believe they traded for this guy when there's these three other comps that are right beside him. I was like, it's a fifth round pick. If they want this guy and they got 900 picks, let them trade. What, you know, like who cares? You can't say that. That's just a draft nerd thing Um, to circle back though, to the corral thing. One is uh, first, the alcoholism is a giant problem in America. I'm one of them. I'm like, like, I think I'm taking, I'm taking a break right now for like a lot of reasons and the pandemic the pandemic did accelerate that with a ton of people right. now here's the other thing this kid's 21 years old right is that what you say 23 something like that uh, 23. Uh, tw- 23 i would be more suspicious of a 20 to 23 year old that didn't suffer through these things like not suffer but go right. like i wouldn't believe i wouldn't believe anybody's like uh that was too perfect you know is that like there's skeletons in the most perfect closet and i think that that's just candor in some ways um the other is like look michael jordan and them used to go party all the time and i'm not saying he's michael jordan but daryl straw like a lot of these guys um party and there was like and go hard and back in it that's actually like those are like very tame stories if you hear like from what you're describing that's like the tamest of issues and there's only one thing this will only matter if you can party and play you can party right. and play yeah and Todd Gurley taught us how you have to do it when you want to hoot with the owls you better soar with the eagles and I think if you want to hoot with the owls you got to soar with the eagles and so if this man balls out if this man balls out who cares and, and you, you know, know what? Listen, a- the, the, something else that we haven't even mentioned yet. Bye, bye, Baker Mayfield, bro. Barely right, knew you. Know, peace and fucking love, dude. Like, and you know, G Baby would have called in and would have been so pissed at the Panthers front office for going trading for another busted ass quarterback that yeah, wasn't yeah. successful with we another team that had a ton of talent. So it's like, come on, man. That would have been the most Panther thing to do in the history of all Panthers. He so referenced so- it in his call. He referenced it in his call. It's like, yeah, he did. And that, I, I think it's the resistance of that. 
I want to know if it's a resistance of the temptation. They didn't do that. That would have been the worst thing, right? Cody, what would they, what could they have really realistically done better at this point? And I'm not saying that this is a perfect, flawless execution, but uh, we got out of the Deshaun Watson race. We got some um, good players, it seems like, in free agency on very reasonable short-term contracts. You're not locked down with anything. You add a top draft. You add to the offensive line in the draft. You don't overreach on a quarterback. If we would have picked uh, a quarterback at six, like really, I mean, this is a very, I think, about the safest type approach you could do. Right. At the very worst case scenario, uh, Matt Corral doesn't work out, and it's a third round pick. The other and part none of us is like Will Greer ruined our organization, and not right. to pile on to G baby, but the other part to this is. He said 31 other teams passed on him. That's just a false statement. There's not 31 other teams that were in need of a QB, right? right? That you can't say that. You can, you can say, say that about that, any player. You can and say that. And to that point, he right. would have gone drafted. Right. He wouldn't have gone undrafted. Right. Mm. He would have gotten drafted. It was the third round, and we moved up because we knew that there was a chance that another team was going to get him. Right. And I think they liked him. I do think that. Now, the other part to this is you might be right, G-Baby. He might not be a good quarterback. Yeah. yeah. He might not be, but he was a third-round pick, and a lot of times third-rounders don't work out as a starting quarter or a starting player at all, much less a starting quarterback. Especially a quarterback, yeah. (laughs) You know, but we as Panthers fans, and you, G-Baby, I would have liked to think this, we should look at what we had at that moment in time. We had the opportunity to go forward with Sam Darnold, which we may still end up doing, Right. uh, go after Baker Mayfield, Go after, a Jimmy G. Up Go after a busted up Jimmy G with a possible issue with throwing the ball because he's got a shoulder surgery. Go after, uh, go after another QB other than, uh, than the, but another QB that would have been passed up by 31 other teams, quote unquote, right, uh, yeah. in the draft. I mean, what are the other options? Let's try to look at, at this guy as being a potential franchise quarterback. Be excited about the possibility that he brings to the team instead of just making this about his, his, his personal life and making this about the fact that he got drafted in the third round, as opposed to the first round. Well, the third round is a negligible round to me, you know, it's yeah, rounds one and two. Um, yeah. And the, the last point I want to make about Corral is that this would be one thing if he's a first round pick, but the other is like, if you look at the distance between Pickett, who went 20 and the distance between Matt Corral, like I feel like the, those are also negligible, right? There's right. just as much talent risk reward there. So I think that again lends towards the value of the pick is like, is Kenny Pickett at 20 really that much better of a prospect as a starting quarterback than Matt Corral is? And if it's right. this much, then you saved a ton of risk and could reach a ton of reward. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the Panthers said that they evaluated him highly. I don't know right. if that means they would have traded back, uh, traded backward into the first round and, and, and still picked him. But again, I want to hammer down that Baker Mayfield point. Cause again, the, after looking at what the Panthers did with Teddy Bridgewater, brought him in for a year and kicked him to the curb. Then you settled again for less than your best by going to get Sam Darnold. That's why you didn't have a second-round pick this year. And then just to turn around and go and get Baker Mayfield, 
a guy from the same draft as Sam Darnold who couldn't prove right. that he was the guy on a team with a ton of talent, arguably more than the Panthers do. And you only have him for a year under $18.5 million. Cleveland did not want to eat that money. What would that have signaled to Panther fans? That we're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over. What's that saying, mm-hmm. Tony? When you uh, like The definition of insanity is when you uh, do the same thing over and over, expecting right. different right. results. Mm-hmm. I think Robbie Anderson even wrote that recently, and some people wondered if he was talking yeah. about Sam Darnold in that case. He celebrated you, this draft class as well. Just a quick question. It doesn't have to be a deep discussion. Would you have been all right with a straight-up trade between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield? No. Because in, in my world, uh, uh, no, it's not that I prefer Sam. It's that I'm tired of this quarterback purgatory and Baker Mayfield's not the answer for the next two what, No, years. what if you had the same draft? What if you had the same draft, though? Like, so right. you still have Matt Corral. We, uh, you know, and this is a one-year, is it a one-year Baker Mayfield better than a one-year Sam Darnold? Like, because they're talking about that being a possibility, especially if the the potential for uh for Deshaun Watson to be suspended for an entire year comes into play. They're not going to play Baker. Baker's not going to play for them. Or even if it's so. six games, you know what I'm saying? Right. Six games with Baker, like they're going to have to cut him. What if what if if they cut How about here's another way of saying it. If if they cut Baker Mayfield, would you be upset right now if we cut Sam Darnold and picked up Baker Mayfield at an equal price? Yes. Because we're still well, going to be we're going to be held account we're going to be still paying more money for quarterbacks than we do right now. Well, if, the thing I, is that if they, if they cut Baker Mayfield, they pay the remainder of his salary. Yeah. Therefore, well, if you picked up to, Baker Mayfield, you wouldn't have to pay. But like you if, you, if we cut Sam, Sam Darnold, you have to pay Sam's. Yeah. yeah. And then you would have. That's to pay why the straight minimum, up at least the straight up yeah. trade would just be the exact dollar amount. Exactly. The one thing I here is my uh, <laughs> is Baker Mayfield's coming off of an injury. So it's not even just Baker Mayfield. And that's why the whole Jimmy G conversation has got to go, had to go too, is because it's not just Jimmy G coming in. It's Jimmy G and injured Jimmy G coming in. So it's not just Baker Mayfield. So I say keep Sam Darnold at this point and just roll like that. The last point, the the G baby, and he's got another three minutes we got to get through. And that is um, the, why don't we have first round picks now? That we understand why we don't, right? You know, there's been some issues in the past. There, can, you can go back to the Washington game we won. You know, I mean, there's things that have changed the trajectory of our draft. But I don't want to get into it too much. But there, it was a weakness going into this draft that we lost draft capital from last year to this year, right? You lost salary cap with the Cam Newton, you right? So that is a reasonable criticism about what we saw was a strength of money ball fitter last year, moving and acquiring assets for the future. All of a sudden we didn't have them this year, but on the other side of that coin is what have we done? What has this front office done is they didn't continue that slide, right? right? It's like we got through this draft and this off season without forfeiting future capital and, and, Scott Fitterer was clear about that in his discussion. He's like, I went down that road. I don't need a Sam Dar. He all that's what this front office has done is maybe learned a little from the mistake of Sam right. Darnold. 
and not going in because that clearly had something to do with it. It's not like why they weren't over the moon on sale. They were interested in Baker Mayfield. They just weren't interested in the price. Right. Yeah. Very true. They were not interested in the price. And I don't think they should be, man. Again, look at the optics on. If you were able to save no money, you would be paying almost $40 million to two quarterbacks that you don't have under contract for the next year. You only have under contract for one year. Mm. Like, dude, that is the meaning of ridiculous. And, hey, before we go to the next cat call, I forgot to read this out when he uh, donated it. Clell, uh, Clell Ham. He says, hot take, better chance of Sam being good than Matt with the $199 love bomb. <laughs> no, I think he's talking Matt, Matt Corral. Corral. Matt Corral. Oh, yeah. Matt Corral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was during our discussion of upside next year, and we were forgiving Matt Rule. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's I could I mean I could see that like Tony you said you, with you, you could think we could win nine games with Sam Darnold and I mean if you give Sam Darnold lines like we said he he looks like he has all the parts for the joke he just needs the punchline yeah know? hey and here one other thing is people are and they I know they keep saying Sam sucks Sam sucks but you know who sucked all the entire team sucked on third quarter last year so, like, you gotta believe that the Ben McAdoo offense is going to be better in the third quarter, automatically better, right? You know, the team, the problem with this team was just scoring it. So, I mean, there's a lot of different issues, and they weren't just Sam Darnold, and the coaching staff was part of that equation and their lack of experience. So, they've upgraded in a lot of areas. I expect this team to be better. And as the people are just worried about, they're just going to say it's not going to be good because it's different, and that's a good thing. The damn thing that the fact that the team is good is the different is an asset for us because last year's team sucked. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's go, G baby. I want him back to talking Coming about the back. Saints. They just oh, picked gosh. up in my Who opinion the Hall the of Fame safety. That's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's going yeah. back home. We don't need a safety. You got Michael Thomas coming back, Alvin Kamara, and then you go and pair Chris Olave, which in my opinion was the best receiver coming out of this draft. Like, come on, man. I ain't worried about the rookie receiver. And you put him back there with that defense that's JC already Horn. nice as fuck. Like, come on, Wilson. boys. And then they went, don't forget they went and got a left tackle in the and first James round. Wilson. They were the guy that they got the guy that everybody hates, though, except for Joey. And Joey likes him. Pinning. Matt Rule, your your new name is officially Rat Rule. I'm that's what I'm calling <laughs> you. You're Rat Rule. So I want to talk about Bryce Young. Being the heir to Aaron Rodgers. I want to talk about C.J. Stroud being the heir to Deshaun fucking Watson. Isn't one of them we like five foot eleven? Fucking games. This next I'm year, about to roast him. I don't see Matt Rule, Rat Rule, sorry, Rat Rule, coming back next season, man. I don't. Okay, I think we might be able to agree I on don't. that part at least. Hmm. Man, oh, I mean, and like... in my opinion, we're gonna have a top three pick, and then we're gonna have Bryce Young. And CJ Stroud. Then pick him. What did you talk What are we going to do? Then dude, pick I might on. have to put a pause on him, dude. Are we going to be uh, stupid how... and I'll pull the trigger on one of these boys? Because we got Matt Corral. No, we would. If and we were there. And they're going to and they're going to start this full watch. With this kind of schedule, the dude needs to sit. But the thing is, Sam Darnold sucks so bad, Matt Corral's probably going to be starting by week three or week four. And then he's going to have... Uh, and then we're going to get Stroud, if you're right. 
I got a lot to say tonight. Yeah, that's what, dude, that's what I'm saying. Tony, like, Tony, Tony. Oh, here, you're look. You're talking about he's forgiveness, done. motherfucker. Oh, he's mad at my Forgiven. short. Forgiven. Matt, rat rule. You Kim K, dick jumping motherfucker. <laughs> you soft ass <laughs> motherfucker. What are you talking about, forgiveness, <laughs> G? After this man you know, like oh, training. over man. and over and dri driven this <laughs> organization to the fucking ground, you want us to forgive him? Off of what? What has he done, Tony? What the fuck are you talking about forgiveness, bro? I'm coming at you, G. Ice the fuck up, G. <sighs> the whole chat room is booing, G, baby, Off dude. Fucking <laughs> I want to so talk mad. about these picks. He's so mad. <laughs> so angry, I love some of these picks. Brandon Smith. I like that pick. Alright. <laughs> so he likes Icky. He likes yeah, Brandon. I love that. Who, who was that other one he loved? Brandon Smith. I like that pick. Barnio, uh, Barno. I love that pick. 6-6. Six, six, I love that. That's a good draft. Sure. So far, three out of you five picks he likes. England Barnes. Bro, all you are is fast. I seen the highlights. You're not that good of a football player. You're just super fast. That's why all you right. fell with that kind of speed. Yeah, See, baby. Coach, bro. Coach. By the way, did you notice in all the times that he said how bad Matt Corral is, he never one time mentioned anything football related. He never said, oh, he can't do this well. Oh, Matt Corral can't do this well. And then goes on to talk about C.J. Stroud. Dude, what do you know about C.J. Stroud right now? I mean, seriously. How about this? If G-Baby will be right, if we're as bad as he thinks we are going to be, then he'll be right. Then, then, right. There's, then, you, we, then we shouldn't have had any grace and optimism for Matt Rule. We should have just yelled and screamed. But the whole point is this, is part of that discussion is, too, is that Matt Rule's our coach right now. You know what I mean? We didn't fire him, this and that. So, like, what do you do? Do you root for his failure? Okay. Then if them, guess what? He'll, he will be gone regardless of whether or not my anxiety level goes down or up over Matt Rule. And you will get one of those quarterbacks that you think is going to be awesome. <clears throat> right i mean like and on top of that you just said you liked every draft pick except for matt corral don't worry the very yeah, fact every other one. the very fact that he's a third round pick actually eliminates the fear that you have you know if if you would have picked him in the second high second if you would have traded in the high second or if you would have traded back in the fourth and fourth and i meant first and picked him then yeah, next year you kind of get to that point of man, did we make him like did we believe in what we did last year? Should we roll with this? And you pass and then you get the best, whatever at that point. No, you don't have that discussion. If you're picking in the top five, you're having the discussion about getting a quarterback for your coach. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, I mean, he's really, I mean, look, he's a passionate fan. He's allowed to have his opinion, but I mean, I don't know, man. I think that there is a reason to look at Matt Corral and be very hopeful about what he is as a quarterback prospect. And I would dare someone like G to come in here and tell me what the fear about him is. Because, again, he didn't mention anything about his film. He didn't mention anything about deep ball accuracy or lack of drive or lack of vision. None of that. Just, oh, Matt Corral sucks because – a bunch of other teams passed on them, but teams pass on good fucking players every single year. 
So mm-hmm. it's not even a good point, man. And shout out to my man, Kevin Boschoven from Charleston. He says, I'm drunk, so hot take. Rookie of the year. Horn has four interceptions. Panthers go to the playoff and Cody becomes a Gamecocks fan. Bro, now why'd you have to put that dumb oh. shit at the end? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You didn't finish it. Bro. You didn't finish it. Oh, he loves tits. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah, it would have been different if it was a semicolon. Uh, how about this? Is You know, all I can think is this, is that Kevin Boschevin is probably hanging out with Matt Corral right now. Right, That's right. what it is. It's Matt Corral just bought him all the shots, and they got, you know what, around them, and he's enjoying life. Um, go ahead, uh, CK. You had something about the Saints. You so there's, there's a couple of things. Number one, he's, you know, there's, I, th- there seems to be some sense of fear that people have of the Saints. And listen, they could come out and destroy some things, right? They could. That's sure. possible. But let's yeah, James keep, could be good. Let's talk about, number one, we don't know what their rookie class is really going to offer. Let's be real. They did some reaching. They got some guys that probably, you know, they haven't gotten the best record. When you look at what they're, what they believe, people believe the Saints draft was less than ideal. Like it was not a good draft. All right. Let's take that into account. Um, let's talk about they still have Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Um, they still have Michael Thomas, who is one of the biggest distractions you're going to find in a locker room. And he they haven't have a, played in over a year. And mm-hmm. they have Dennis Allen as their head coach, who, by the way, used to be the head coach of the Raiders and has a win percentage of 22.222. So he went eight for, well, hold on, let me tell you exactly what he he's went. He's got a worse winning record than, uh, he's worse than Matt Rule. Right, he's got a worse run. Yeah, <laughs> he had four oh. wins his first two years as a head coach, and he got fired after four games because he lost four in a row at the beginning of 2014. <laughs> I'm not afraid of the Saints. I'm not worried about the Saints. It's the Bucks and everybody else, isn't the it? The Bucks are the only people you need to worry about in the South right now. the The Falcons have Ritter, which I I don't know if you guys watched him. The dude said, I mean, the dude was so. It, I, I was watching him talk. And he was talking about, they had that little interview, and he goes, I first found out that I was going to be a dad when my girlfriend told me. No shit, fucking Sherlock. It was no, like, that's how everybody finds out. <laughs> Land answer. <laughs> I'm just like, like, I'm uh, listening to this guy talk, and I, like, I don't feel like I'm not afraid of the, the Falcons at this point in time. They have a one weapon, and they have their other guy completely missing in action. They have a rookie wide receiver that some people think could be a possible, you know, star in this league. We'll wait to see that because, you know, who knows, depending upon who's playing quarterback. Alvin Kamara potentially suspended for some games too. Right. I mean, I don't know. Is that, I don't think that all of a sudden we are the heads on favorite to no, no two in our division, but I think that the gap between us and the two teams other than the Bucks is not as far as people believe it to be. Um, I'm not sweating of the Saints, but uh, the other God, I have one more. Uh, oh, when it comes to that Ritter comment, like those blatantly obvious. I remember I was in when I was in graduate school. I took this history class and this uh, history historiography class. It's like about the way historians, the study of history itself. Right. And uh, we had these. You had to discuss other people's paper. You got to part like you took somebody's research paper for the semester they gave it to you a week early and then we came back and everybody gave comments on 
uh, the other person's paper. And this lady, this girl just destroyed this dude's paper. I mean, like it went on for so long. She talked, I mean, it was even at the end, she goes, and you didn't even have the wherewithal to end your paper with a period. <laughs> it was just like, and we were all just like, mm-hmm. Oh God. And in that she goes, and what about this sentence right here? You wrote Jefferson Davis was born at a young age. And I was, <laughs> and we were all like, better than being born at 14, his poor mother. It's like Jefferson Davis was born That's at a young age. It's like, I learned that my wife was pregnant when she told me she was pregnant. Uh, Ritterer looks old, too. He looks old. I don't care, man. I hope he stinks. I'm not worried. I like, hope he's terrible. All right. Um, let's go to the next goal. Tony, Cody, and the gang. Hello, guys. What's up, my what man? What are your thoughts on this Rock Hill situation where the Panthers were going to build a permanent team headquarters in Rock Hill? And I think it's a great idea, a permanent facility. But uh, what's your slant on this, too? Do you think David Tepper is a greedy SOB? Or do you think that the city of Rock Hill just failed to live up to its commitments and not you know, put their portion into contribution. Now, mind you, in my opinion, I don't think that government should pay for billionaire sports teams, but they do it anyway. So anyway, uh, tell me, uh, what, what are your thoughts, feelings on that? And gentlemen, I've always felt that you guys emphasized the quarterback position too much. No quarterback could survive against that god-awful, terrible offensive line they had yeah, last I mean, year. Agree now they've got a stud left tackle. McCaffrey's back. J.C. Horn is going to be playing. And I think we could be optimistic this year. I would not be surprised if, yeah. if this team goes 10-6. and six. Sam Darnold, he's a renaissance player, and this team makes the playoffs. So dream oh, on. But what's your opinion on the Rock Hill headquarters and Ooh. David Tepper? Think of this Can guy as a jackass schmuck or uh-huh. perhaps he's a genius. We just don't know it yet. Bye-bye. We are yeah. going to honor the pos- position of the Rock Hill <laughs> City Council <laughs> and uh, not going to hold this discord in a public forum. I uh here's the thing. He asked the question, is Rock Hill wrong or is David Tepper a greedy SOB? Those two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Right. Um, I think that Rock Hill didn't follow through on their bargain, and I agree with you. I'm I'm a huge proponent that I don't believe that government should be they can have incentives, sure, but I don't think the government should be uh, providing that much assistance to help build. Uh, a, a facility for a billionaire to be able to make more money. That's just not my personal, that's my personal opinion. But when governments do agree to it, I've changed my position on this. I think Rock Hill is in the wrong here. I yeah. do think that um, that they made an agreement and they weren't able to honor it. The part of it that's tough for me as a debt collector is, is also saying that we were in the middle of a pandemic and that that agreement was uh, established pre-pandemic and they were trying their hardest to make it happen, it sounds like. So it wasn't like Rock Hill just said, we're not paying you. It's just like we're having a hard time coming up with the funds. So that's they where I have need a bit to, of issues. They, if, mm-hmm. if, they would just need to renegotiate the timeline then. Right. That, yeah, you know, it's, it's it had to be more that, than that. Yeah, and uh, because I don't feel sorry for billionaires, <laughs> but they didn't honor what they said. And there mm-hmm. are some uh, extenuating circumstances. We talked about this a lot in the last couple of podcasts. Um, but the the idea is that I think Tepper's net worth has gone up six billion dollars since he bought the Panthers. 
right? So yeah. is that um, I remember did, how much do you remember when he bought the Panthers in what 2018, 2019? Um, how much he was spent? worth? Do you remember? I mean, he paid three billion yeah, cash. I want to say say it was well, 10. I mean, now with this market going down. I thought I heard fourteen billion at one point. I thought I just recently heard sixteen billion. So if that's the case, if he was just say, if this is the case, is that in twenty eighteen he was worth ten billion, and four years later he's worth sixteen billion. This dude is getting some returns on his investment. I do think a lot of that probably has to do with the value of the Panthers continuing to rise. Right? It's like all of a sudden that three million dollar investment is probably a five million dollar investment. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, he can hey, uh, he probably is greedy, but so is the NFL. So is everything. And the I've last never thing, met a millionaire who gave away money. Right? Yeah. And and last the last thing about the roster, I think you're right, is that that's the whole good point about this is that at the very worst, we should be better than we were last year because of the offensive line alone. That was our weakness. That was the most central weakness out of the entire team was the offensive line and more so than even the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, uh, so real quick, shout out to Kevin Boschovan. Uh He says, uh, need to worry about Golden Corral and his all-you-can-eat buffet. I'm talking <laughs> chocolate fountain. Kevin, you're a weirdo, dude. You're, and I, I, I love that about you. I love that about you. And that is a nickname that I've been hearing more and more. People are wanting to call him Golden Corral. I hate uh, Golden Corral. I hate I hate buffets. Dude, look, I'm not a fan of a buffet. I hear everyone shitting on Golden Corral. Dude, listen, is it fancy gourmet food? No, but when you want to eat a bunch of shitty food for not a lot of money, you can do worse than Golden Corral. Right, right. Man. No, that's the problem. Is that what I have a problem with buffets is the ethos of them. It's like the very concept of it is it's like uh, gluttony. It becomes this challenge between right. you and like I paid $13. So now I have to beat I want my this company. Yeah. yeah. And it's just then, it's just, and then you look, <laughs> then you look around. My, all right. So the reason I, I'm very passionate about this discussion because. One of my kids likes to go. My mother-in-law occasionally likes to go to Golden Crown. And my one well, of my kids love it because they get to choose everything. You know, they get uh -huh. total choice. And I'm yeah, like, man. whenever they say Golden Crown, I'm like, please, no. Please, no. Here's another thing about why I don't like Golden Crown the buffet is that it's also the eclectic food vision that I have to then create. Like, I have this mega salad, but then it's like, I'm going to have steak and shrimp. And mashed potatoes and black eyed, but like it's just like all the, the food just does, yeah, it just doesn't match. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. And here is a pro golden corral tip, though. Pro tip I saw this little kid do this one time is that he went and got an ice cream cone, empty ice cream cone, and he filled it up with gummy bears and he hit the road. Like he walked out with an ice cream cone <laughs> being his cup because you can't like pack a cup full of gummy bears and walk out, mm -hmm. but you can pack down an ice cream cone of gummy bears. And he just took that out to the car and was like, I'm just going to snack on these all day, homie. I thought That's I was like, smart, yeah, with you kid. Um, all right. I think G baby wants one more chance. Hmm. Shorter one. Carolina <laughs> just got desperate, man. Like they always fucking do. Always getting desperate, man. They saw Malik Willis falling. He was falling. He was falling. Tennessee honestly fucked this shit up for us. Malik Willis should be a Carolina Panther. 
And that's pure. But 31 other teams passed on him, dude. They saw and you could have traded Willis up for him. Uh-huh. Then you should be upset. Ritter got fucking taken. They got desperate as fuck. That's so what they do. Once again, gave up our fucking future to go for a fucking QB that's not even ready. That's a one-reach QB that turns the ball over. That's not even big. He ain't no 6'1". Dude looks barely he is, looks 6'1". He is. He could be 6'4", for Andrew all we know, Brown. according yeah. to stats. <laughs> you going to walk in this fucking college injured? I love how you're gonna walk into the NFL injured. That's just what happened. He's gotta get his breath, dude. So somebody on this fucking podcast explain (laughs) to me why I should be excited, bro. Somebody explain to me, Cody. Like somebody explain to me why I should have faith in these guys when they haven't been able to get a QB right not once, and now I'm supposed to believe that they're gonna get this QB right that has alcohol problems. Mental illness problems that can barely fucking pass the ball. All right, all right, I'm gonna end it there. Barely uh, pass the ball, bro. Isn't like, that the point? Isn't that the point? Is like, what else could they? It clearly this wasn't the time to address the quarterback, and at the very worst, you got a potential backup quarterback. Like, you wouldn't be reaming the Pittsburgh Steelers for picking. They pick a quarterback in the third, fourth round every year for the last ten years, and we're not sitting there going, "They're terrible." Right. You know, is that at the worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. Right. But you didn't know. You didn't. I mean, like the. So what would have been the better alternative? Your other alternatives are Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that option. So. All right. The other option is to have traded up for Malik Willis. Right. Or pick him in the second. I mean, well, I mean no, you would still have to trade up for him. You would uh-huh. have to trade up for him. And instead of over, they didn't. They thought that the risk was still high enough in the reach that you still would have kind of been in the ballpark of where you're at. And so less risk, uh, same reward in many ways. Um, I, I wanted Malik Willis. I, I'm, I'm admitted that I wanted because I had latched on to that name. That is the name that brought excitement and this and that. And I was, you know, just the buzz. But at the end of the day, I can admit that a lot of my desire for him was simply because of the buzz surrounding the Zach Wilson, the Trey Lance type prospect. I recognized that that factored into my emotion, but when I saw Willis slipping, I was interested in it. But at the same time, what really, we didn't trade away our future at all. I actually put a short up that said that. And somebody's like, what are you talking about? I made that short before we picked corral after and we were talking about Mayfield and I thought if we would have picked Mayfield that would have been trading our future away if we wouldn't have gotten a quarterback so I don't I mean I guess is yeah. that the only the G baby is I guess the only th- the way to answer your question is is the Panthers for them to satisfy your requirements would have just not drafted a quarterback sat pat and mm-hmm. tried to build the roster and and just punted till next year well, I mean, and the fact that he says that we gave up our future just factually isn't true. A third round next year, and you know how much Scott Fitterer loves to trade back. Into Is that the, what it was, a third next year? Yeah, it was a third next year. I mean, oh, the okay. exact amount. Did you, it, it wasn't crazy, man. Uh, by the way, real quick, shout out to Rob Money. He says people are forgetting what Rule does his third year. That's right. The third year is normally the year when – Matt Rule turns it all around. But look, man, if G-Baby doesn't want to like Matt Corral, he's not going to. 
But the fact of the matter is he has a quick release. He's been proven to throw the ball 77 yards. The dude is mobile, can run his ass off, and he's six foot one and 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 five eighths. Like that's taller than Drew Brees. That's taller than Russell Wilson. G Baby is listening to all the draft analysts tell him what they think about Matt Corral as a quarterback, and then is just using it to blame the coaching staff even further than we already do. This coaching staff has a ton to prove. No one is saying that they don't. But Matt Corral, from all the physical traits, the mental traits, the dude has it all, man. And there's a reason why most football publications are praising us for moving back into the third round to pick him up. Last but not least, Kevin Boschoven with the $2 says, worst case scenario, we get some Golden Corral ads. Maybe they get a Golden Corral in the stadium now. Oh, that would be lit. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm done. Oh, it'd only be like an 89 buffet price. 89. <laughs> yeah. Um the the last point of this is the thing to be optimistic and and to have optimism about this front office and this and that is you just have to say they didn't fire Matt Rule. And that's not the reason to be optimistic. We all thought that was the I thought that was the right decision, this and that, but they didn't do it. So you have this head coach. He then had to go and make coaching decisions, like replacements. And it seems like he did a reasonably the best possible job you can consider for the situation he was in there. Then they're off the, the offseason free agents was a reasonably sound step forward. And the draft seems like a reasonably strong move without overdoing it and overreaching. So I think those are all, hey, look, is uh, if you have to hit a grand slam, for this to for us to not be um you know if that's your requirement then it's not going to happen but i feel like we've hit some base hits can you know, we, we got a man we got a man on base we moved him over on the bunt we got there's a there's a chance to to knock a run in here can we also agree that it is possible i'm not saying it's likely but it is possible that matt rule has learned from being a bad coach and might be able to transition that into being a good coach those decisions that led us to where we're at now, a lot of them were from when he first became a head coach in the NFL, which I think we can all agree in hindsight is not a great idea the way he started to build the coaching staff, right? right? We're learning. He's learned. He's moving on. And I think it's not impossible for him to be a good coach, right? I think we all probably have the mindset that he isn't a good coach. But yeah, there I mean, he's got to earn that. He has to earn that to right. us. Like, we don't get, we don't, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt right now. Right. You know, he's got to earn it. But I think that the idea that that we're not going to give him a shot to earn that, if he's going to be a coach and go, go into this year thinking there's no shot that he's going to, like, I just, I think you've got to have an open mind that, like, it's like when we got Sam Darnold. I think there were plenty of people who didn't like that idea. But to sure. go into that season saying, Oh, this is going to be the worst situation on the face of the planet. Like, I think we all maintain some set level of optimism, existing. right? Yeah, we did it with Teddy it Bridgewater. Existing. Like, we all were right. looking, we were looking for things with Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater can come in here and be the same guy mm-hmm. he was before his knee injury, right? There's still some skepticism, but we weren't sitting there like literally just destroying that decision. Like, we were like, maybe he can do something. We didn't like the fact that Cam Newton was cut in his favor, right? But we we were like, you know, hey, maybe he can come in here. Maybe he can produce. And then we like we didn't like shut him off immediately. 
<clears throat> like the idea to shut off Matt Corral or even Matt Rule before the season even begins with all of these what seemingly look like positive movements. Like I think right now is a good time to be an optimistic Panthers fan. And it yeah. sucks to be an optimistic Panthers fan because guess what? We ultimately get disappointed. But you know what? I would rather go into every season like a Browns fan saying we're going to win the Super Bowl this year with no evidence that that's going to be true mm. instead of being somebody who just thinks our team's going to suck for the rest of the year. Have the you heard that, man? And, and that's you- what G-Baby I think needs to learn a little bit, man. Dude, when you have these young, talented players, give them some faith, man. Believe in them. Give them some time to work out. And real quick, we got some more donations rolling in, man. Kevin Boshoven with the $2 says we can get Rattler if it don't work out. Cody's BFF? Hell no. You can keep that Rattler (laughs) shit, bro. Uh, And then Jared Cole with the $5. He says that will end Bojangles for sure. By serving Golden Corral buffet. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I'll take Bojangles over over Golden Corral any day of the week. Really? You? Y'all hate Golden oh, Corral yeah. that bad, man. Golden Corral. No, no. I like Golden Corral, but Bojangles is. Fine. I don't. I don't like a whole prospect of it. Um, have you guys seen that? Uh, I got to watch a lot of ads these days with my Hulu and stuff. I get the same ads over and over. Have you seen the? like a drive safe where the girl she's in the car and she's just screaming like ah! and then they go you're on speaker and she goes oh um oh they were like i didn't today go she didn't know and she said but i know now and they were like do you feel better and it's about like dry i don't know it's a, have you guys haven't seen this no. all right so this girl she's just screaming um and i just feel like that's like g baby making the call but yeah. my thing about this is I want everybody to do if you have that, if that would make you feel better to get in the car and just yell, like to get the tension and the stress out. I want you to channel this exercise. Right. If that would help you like masturbation. No. no. Oh. <laughs> Imagine try to reenact a G baby call in a world Ooh. In a world where we didn't pick a quarterback this year, imagine what G Baby's call would have been if we would have walked through this whole draft and we didn't have a quarterback picked. No, and it would have it would it would have been him freaking out that we didn't trade into the second to get Malik Willis, who has identical problems that you would probably say Matt Corral has. <laughs> with with like yes, he has a lot of upside. But that's exactly I want what G you're Baby about. to yeah. do that call. G Baby, next week I want you to call in and I want to hear the G Baby anger if we would have just been like, nah, we good. <laughs> we on we on this Sam Darnold trip. <laughs> no, nah, this is gonna pretend to be all happy. But uh, you know damn well he would have been. Uh, oh God, room. it would have been like. Our hair would have been. No motherfucking quarterback, <laughs> y'all. No, all right, Shit. next call. Hey boys, it's Connor. Oh, uh, what's up, Connor? Sorry. <laughs> so I'm super I'm excited for him to go into to, to training camp because I'm very excited to watch him. And I also want to say, I mean, he deserves a chance to at least compete for the starting job. I mean, I think he's a lot more talented than Sam. And I also think that if we give him the the a good opportunity. Who can be if we give him the majority of the rest? If we get him 
just as much reps as Sam Ronald, if not more. I think he, he could very he could be a legitimate day one guy. Now he gotta he gotta train him a lot. He's gotta train hard. Uh, this training camp, he's gotta learn the playbook. But overall, I think he could. But I think if we do the right thing with him, I think he could be a day one starter if we do some right. Anyway, boys, I'll see you. Uh, I hope. They- G baby asked for anybody on this podcast to tell you why to think about it. And I just got to say, we elected Connor. Yeah. Connor did it, dude. <laughs> Connor did the, it. The, Connor's the best at uh, explaining everything simply. All right. For everyone next to film. understand. Oh, man. It's your boy, Mike. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> got me. I thought I'd yeah. Start the call with something different this time. Um. Anyways, what's 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 going on, boy? What's poppin', bro? How we feeling, Panther Nation? Hmm? Well, either relaxed or stressed uh, as a <laughs> We're feeling kind of rejuvenated out here in these streets. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um. It was getting bad, you know. Like as Panther fans, you know, as Panther Panther brethren. We were uh, My brother. we were pretty divided. The season ended, and man, it was tough going there for a second. But just you know, what you gotta love about the NFL, <laughs> you know, every every new season, you know, it's 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 a different ball game. I fucking love it, guys. <laughs> um. I'm feeling the draft. Um, let's see. We got uh, we got a good draft. I give it an A plus. Um, I know everybody's dogging Matt Corral for his size, but I mean he can he can put on a little bit of, a little bit more weight over a season or two or three, and you know he's about what almost six foot two. People think he's short. Let me give you a list of uh, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. All right, that were six foot two or shorter. You got Drew Brees. You got Russell Wilson. You got Steve Young. You got Kurt Warner, Brett Favre. I mean, they were only six foot two or shorter. Some of them were. Uh, if not all of them were MVPs of the Super Bowl, so I'm not trying to hype this man up yet, but we'll see what happens. It's it's a good it's a good uh it's a good day in Panther Nation again. So keep pounding Panther Pride till I die. Let's go. If you juxtaposed Supreme Leader's delivery and temperament and tone, right? with g babies i think we just had um the johnny, i think uh supreme leader is to johnny depp as um g baby g baby is to amber heard that is my <laughs> oh man uh read out this super chat yeah my man kevin bosh open coming back with another five <laughs> says jake delone representing bojangles Matt Corral representing Golden Corral in Mortal Kombat. 
Cue the techno music. Let's go, dude. My motor cab sound effects, right? Nice. There. Good shit. Um, good shit. Right. Yeah, I went Flawless. and downloaded this one immediately. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, I because you played it the same time. I was like, I didn't remember having both of them. <laughs> yeah, this is Paul. I was calling in to let you know what I thought about the, the draft. Um, I don't see Matt Corral uh, getting the starting position even in the preseason. Um, we've got too much invested in Sam Darnold. Um, I know Matt Rule's on the hot seat, but it seems to me with what's happened the last two years with Matt Rule as the coach, uh, clearly what happened this year in the draft, Fitterer took uh, all power um, and probably gave Matt Rule a little bit of leeway and decision-making process, but it was clearly Fitterer who was making all the decisions. And so I think because of that and what they were, what they're trying to do, it's not, I'm not quite sold that Tepper is going to strip the job from rule. I mean, I know clearly we think he's on a hot seat, but that, that could change, especially if they start winning, but I don't think they're going to win with Matt Corral right now. Um, but he's a great prospect. He needs to sit for a while. The other option that we got in the first round, obviously the prospect that we got in Iquanu, that's a home run um, because he's the best pass blocker um, and best run blocker um, in the draft. And I think he's going to be here for the next 10, 12 years, but um, having that and solidifying the O-line obviously is going to make Darnold better should. Now in the case that Darnold does not improve his game with the O-line that has been bolstered up, that would be a cause of concern, and that would probably be a, a coaching question mark because we've we've brought in some talent. Or a so now we just have question to think mark. What's going on there, and if Matt Rules brought in the right pieces for the coaching staff, and then we could look at you know him being on the hot seat. But I don't think right now he's on the hot seat. I think right now he's he's kind of in a safe zone, which is kind of uh, surprising. But I think after what's happened, Federer taking all the power control. Really, Fitterer pulling all the, you know, pulling the trigger on all these pieces that they've added this year. So that's my take. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, I think we're going to have a a decent season, and I think we're still going to miss the playoffs, unfortunately. But we're in that rebuild mode, so it'll be interesting. I think um, Supreme Leader needs to go for Halloween as Johnny Depp. <laughs> be like. He has the hair to do it. Yeah, and then and the and the and the um, what it the meter, like of of your voice, or like the like rhythm, and it'd be like. And when I woke up in the morning, I looked over, and there was G Baby's human fecal matter by my head. <laughs> Have you guys been watching that, man? I mean, I, I've watched an embarrassing amount or, or, list, or read about it, but it was just like Johnny Depp when he said that. He was like, and then I woke up. And, and there was fecal delivery. It's like he's trying to hypnotize us. Uh, all right, next call. What's up, C3? Uh, Zach Simmons, my first time ever calling in. But up, um, I have to Zach? say I love this draft a lot. Uh, we got great value for Corral for sure. Uh, I think he may be able to, you know, bring us back to a good team again finally. But um, we fixed our biggest issue in the line, which is great. Uh, 
best thing about the draft is we didn't draft another long snapper. Uh, my question to y'all is, are we finally going to cut one of the long snappers we have? But um, I have a challenge to uh, to beat Joey the Blind Panther in the roar, so I'm going to try it out. Um, Aw, snap. That's another Carolina Panthers first down. Wow, wow. Dang. All right. Man. He brought it. He had echo hey, to his own. Man. He brought own. He brought echo in the blue corner, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, oh, here we got a super chat. We appreciate you guys. A lot of support yeah, tonight. Blackballing Music Group. Man, I'm gonna go check out y'all's YouTube channel right away. Y'all check out Blackballing Music Group. Um, you can go yeah. ahead and write in the chat. Let them know how they can find you. Big addition is Andre Roberts. I knew there was a a receiver that we had added. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't remember what help flips the field defense and helps offense uh, with the short field. Uh, So yeah, thank you for your support. Look, I expect this team to be better at all, at all phases. And and last year, kickoffs and punt returns were not a strength of this team at all. Chris Tabor, we brought in a, a very experienced special teams coach, right? Um, When it comes to this guy did, um, 10 years, I believe. No, four years, uh, 10 in Cleveland and then four in um, Chicago. And under his time, he's got some really notable accomplishments of what the special teams for those teams did at the time. Shout out to Jarrett Cole. Also, this offensive line has to be much better. Vote James Campen for president. Um, and also, G-Baby, you can start making the James Campen for head coach calls. Right away. I mean, I think that that would be um, so those are all things that are heading in the right direction. Uh, that long snapper is likely going to be on the practice squad again. The number is 252-228-5098. What up, C3? It's Jay uh, What's up, Jay? I will use a team at uh, his strongest. Um, where he's good at is, is tackle. Wooden key. Flopping them throughout the offensive line. We did. What have we done like that? Have Mo uh, done it before? I believe we tried putting them at guard. We tried other uh, tackles throughout the offensive line. Um, I just don't like messing with like just keep them at their strong pursuit and just rock with it. Um. Christensen, I don't know what everybody else seen, but we all have our, our, our opinion about where we want Christensen. But I will put Akeem at tackle and Christensen at guard. That's why I've seen a few plays of him uh, being good at. I've seen him get worked at tackle so many times. And I don't, I don't believe that's his strong suit. But uh, who's that? Christensen. Yeah, he's had yeah. a very small sample set from him, though. So, you I mean, look, you're very right. It's like maybe we should just keep this simple. Just right. put a Quanu right where he's gonna, where where we drafted him play. Well, and somebody yeah. pointed out in the chat earlier too that uh, tackle is for pass protection is more for pass protection, guards more for run blocking, uh, which is you know is a fair point, I guess. Would assume they're all for pass protection and run blocking, but I could see that statement, and we definitely need more pass protection, more solid pass protection than we do run blocking. I will say it won't surprise me if they decide that they want their identity 
to be a physical run-first football team with McCaffrey and Deontay Foreman, I, I really don't think that it would be a bad idea to put them at left guard and just let them roam and cause havoc up the field uh, and just run right up people's guts. We have a lot of different options available to us. Uh, shout out to Kevin once again. This is last super chat of the night. Strawberry lemonade, vodka smoothies are strong, but not as strong as these Panthers led by Golden Corral. Fuck Gretzky's kid. Love bum, bum, it. Bum, bum, bum. Um, I want to thank all the donors tonight. Um, a lot of people very generous um, with their not only uh, the super chats and their and their money, but um, even more impressive to me is how many people have been generous with their time and their insight tonight, not only with the calls, but the great chat that we're having. Um, and the over at one point, I mean, like we're at 200 people and we've been going two and a half hours and this is just dipped under 200. So your time is worth just as much. And there are other ways. I saw somebody mention, um, that they don't like the super chat and that is understandable. They do take a big cut, but you can find uh, other ways to donate, uh, in the show notes as well. There's a scrolling bar right here and those are ways to directly donate. And then we divvy the, we can divvy those up and reapply them to the show. Um, that is, but still the time and the energy. And here's one that's free. You don't got to donate, smash that thumbs up button, subscribe to the show, check us out and all the other content we do when we get, um, when we put in these shorts up, when we're putting these other things, sharing the link on your social media, on Facebook, uh, and Reddit, if you hang out there, wherever you hang out and talk Panthers, our own Discord, sharing content right there is a um, is an easy way to support the show. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys, this is uh, former President Bill Clinton giving you a thumbs up. This draft right, was a thumbs up draft, including generality. Uh, we're going to do it. Thumbs up. Hey, guys, this is uh, Chuck from Luna City, a.k.a. Carolina right. Sports Guy. I just really want to give a shout out to how refreshing it is to have a general manager who knows what the hell he's doing. Now, you might not hit on every pick. And surely in the seventh round, I was looking for a backup safety. I like Smoke Monday. But, you know, few and far between. I really like the draft for what we did. Um, I know people are complaining and saying that, you know, we wasted a pick on a quarterback. And the whole Baker Mayfield situation, they're just turning to every rock, folks, trying to see what we can do. But you can kind of look at what our offensive line was last summer, and we knew we were in trouble before training camps started. And it seems to be a strength now. And we did it through free agency, smart moves, and the luck of the draft and where we landed in people not picking our guy Icky. So I'm I'm ecstatic. I, I kind of would have tempered expectations because every time we end up having these uh, situations, we think we're going to be better than we are. We don't. But honestly, guys, I'm fine if if we can finish around 500. Maybe we, we won't. Maybe we'll win five or six games. But if we can finish eight nine wins, I'll feel it's a win win, and we'll we'll be getting better. Um, I'm not even worried about rules. The situation will play itself out. I'm not worried about Tapper. But it is really nice to have a competent GM. And I hats off to Scott Federer for being patient and, and just doing his job. It's so much better than having an incompetent Herney or Gettleman. Um, so that, that's all I got to say, guys, is I'm just happy about Federer. 
Appreciate. Yeah, actually, I think that has been one of the things maybe and maybe towards our optimism going back to G baby G baby's challenge of things to think about is maybe that there's been a little bit more concerted um, divvying up of responsibility. Um, and it isn't, you know, as you're starting to delegate and I feel like maybe Federer is settling into his role and, and there's a confidence that he can execute that maybe temper is sitting down a little bit. Uh, C dog. Yeah. Is that on cash app? It is true King 1111. Um, and uh, you can also find Cody's PayPal in the scroll too, folks. And uh, yeah, paypal.me slash Cody Lack. Um, we'll get him a cash app soon. That's what we got. Man, cash app is popular. They like that. It is easy, yeah, man. Yeah. PayPal. I love PayPal. Yeah. Like I love that company. I love everything they do, particularly with online purchasing and stuff. Yeah. But they really do need to make their share peer to peer platform a little bit. Um, less cumbersome. Two yeah, five two. Well, actually, yeah. All right. Uh, next call. Not saying the number again. Hey guys. I'm almost dead. I growled it makes some howl. Dang, and I no. got something to say to G baby. Bless his heart. You know what? I think me and Danielle and Lynn can help us too if she wants. Uh oh. to team up and beat his bitch ass <laughs> and take his bojang. And then he's gonna have to live with it. He's gonna have to go home and tell his buddies on the block that he got beat up for his bojangles by a big flat, uh, by a big fat blind guy who can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on, make anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Joey the blind blind panther is like uh, he's kind of like uh, Dave Chappelle and Chappelle show when he was the. Uh, blind white supremacist uh, KKK guy, and he was black. Is uh, Joey the Blind Panther thinks he's black? <laughs> uh, all right, next call. Uh, yes, this is G Infant and uh, uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, uh, the same. Oh, uh, I'm G Infant. Oh. Uh, He said that's G. He called him G. Infant. This is just G. Infant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I just got to be the voice of uh, excitement, man. All right. I, 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 I need to say that uh, what people just like, I guess they don't see because they're just stuck on looking at all the negatives, uh, uh, all the trials and tribulations that we went through with a rookie coach. In, 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 in that rule. And, and and the majority of rookie coaches come from the from come from college. So I don't wanna, you know, you know, hear about no college quarter I mean head coaches and none of that. All right. I'm looking at the roster we have right now. Okay. As far as Matt Corral, a power back with C M C a shutdown corner with, 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 with Brian Burns. And, and, and plenty of other stars on the defense ready to take another level. Jeremy Chan, we don't know what Xavier Woods coming here and do. He might blow up. Dante might stop letting his speed. Anything liable to happen. Then you have Matt Rule, who I agree made a lot of stupid mistakes, but 
we were trash when this man came to us his first year. And I don't give a damn what nobody say. All we had was CMC and Brian Burns. What are we at? Nothing yeah. else to talk Can't about. We were trash. Okay? <laughs> yeah. He lost. He won, he won five with Teddy. And he won five with Sam. He tried. <laughs> he, he struck out two times. Now, I don't want to. I, I, I ain't here to, you know, uh, uh, boost Matt Corral. Cause we're going to see the preseason. Forget what you're talking about. Sam is going to be Sam. Regardless, you know, you give him a line, he might be a little bit better with, with, with CMC staying healthy and, 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 and God forbid, Horn breaking another foot or getting injured. But if those two stay healthy, we're going to win games, bro. I, I don't understand what people talk about. Just lose, get, lose, just lose, and just win three games and get Bryce, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Bro, listen, we have a top defense already. Okay, we just... Yeah. Pack the whole defensive lineup with straight, nothing but good, strong, competent players. Matt Ioannidis is damn near pro bowler, bro. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, listen, Dead Brown can blow up any time. Brian Burns going to do him. All right? YGM liable to blow up. What I'm saying is we is not a team with garbage talent. We missing we got one we, we missing one thing just taking us to the playoff, and that's quarterback. Okay? Good call. Awesome. Hey yo, I, 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 I can go for days, and I'm I'm done. At, I'm done. With, I'm done with this one. But 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 Matt Rule has built this roster to one that is ready to compete on whatever stage. This defense can deal with Tom Brady. A little can deal with Rose Pat Mahomes. We can deal with Josh Allen. We can deal with Aaron Rodgers. Bro, we can deal with whatever you want. Come our defense. We do have. It took, I mean, three, look. it took him three drafts. It took that man three drafts now. Three drafts. Turned the whole team around. Well, wow, I got don't understand why, what, what people ain't looking at. Like, damn, it's about the build. It's about the process. It's about the structure you build while you're building a roster. And when you this, – this this how you look – this how you judge a coach. Damn how all these, these fans – many fans probably never played football. Okay, I didn't have scouting jobs for colleges, not NFL, mind you. Okay, but I, 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 I've studied players, I've studied traits, I've studied techniques, I've studied methods in the game. So when when we talk about these coaches, bro, that room gonna fuck up. That's that's a part of the problem. You want him to fuck up because this is how you grow. This is how you get smarter. I don't understand. Right, man, I love that comment. There's a lot of like a run of calls that just came out. I appreciate that. I think that's a, there's some good points there. I think is that probably the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Is that, um, is that we really right. do need to see um, that, that I like the call, but I thought last year was a regression. So if we can see him improve the team and make up for last year's regression, then I think a lot of that's going to be true. Somewhere in the middle is the team I do think is getting better, and that was my point about talking about wide receivers earlier. Is that a group that we don't think we should talk about? I think is arguably not the strongest group on our team. So I think that's kind of alluding to that some other position groups have really improved over the past few years. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, Let's go to the next call. All right, too quiet. Next call. Hey guys, it's the crowd that makes them howl again. And 
Yes, I do want to take G Baby's Bojangles. I really do because he's a panther. He that masquerades as a fan and those annoy me. So as Eminem, as Eminem said, I've been sent here to destroy you. Anyway, I want to talk about the draft. I think it was a great draft. I think uh, I did not expect us to actually get a quarterback, which I'm glad we did because Sam Darnold, uh, you know, is Sam Darnold. So we got the offensive lineman I wanted, and I wanted Icky specifically because he was from NC State, and I went to school next to that. And they used to do a lot of stuff with us blind people. And we used to enjoy the hell out of it. Because often that would mean that uh, hot girls would come on campus. So, uh, How yeah, would we enjoyed you know? that. But, yeah, and, he, and you know, he's from Charlotte. And he's a Panthers fan. He's part of Panther Nation. So, uh, that's great. And, uh, you know. So what a quarterback likes to drink. I like to drink. I mean, as long as you don't like to drink as much as me. I mean, G Baby probably drinks because, I mean, how do you cope with emotions like that? He does smoke. (laughs) You know, in all seriousness, though, though, like, adversity (laughs) like that can often make people. Often, it can hurt people, yes, but it can also make them better people and better at whatever they do. So there's that, and then you know, every other pick he likes. So I don't know what his problem is. He just you know, he just needs to get his ass beaten, get mugged for his boat jangles. Anyway, Damn. guys, without further ado, I forgot the caller that did it, and yes, that was a decent roar. I actually have to give him credit for how good that roar was, but it's not as good as. Wow! 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 <laughs> Damn, he had that one built up. I know. It's uh, yeah, the roar off. It's the, it's the growl off. Uh, next call. Hey. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm done with this, right? I mean, my bad. Okay, so, you know, I, I, this whole fucking offseason, motherfuckers just been talking shit about my dog rule. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Damn, they'd be timid to come on right. and talk. Uh, we know, appreciate it. Yeah, we got to show both sides, man. It's the pro Okay, you may go. Crowd. All right. All right and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm done with this, right? In my uh, bag. Okay, so, you know, I, I, this whole fucking off season, motherfuckers just been talking shit about my dog rule. You know what I'm saying? He definitely timid to come on and talk. Cause, you know, cause you know he's watching. Yeah. It, 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 it looks right. like he's bothering. It, lo- right. it looks like he's bothering. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it looks like that these bitch ass fans saying these bitch ass shit about him. Cause you know what I'm saying? We come to a trash ass team, so you know a lot of his mistakes and his bad choices is going to just blow up because we already terrible. I mean, come on, man. Let's be realistic. All right, the man came to a trash ass team. Fall top, he went defense the whole first, first, first draft. He knew he had to build this. He knew the main process was to build this team through the draft and smart signings in the free agency. He made some bad ones. That come with the program. Good come with the bad bounce of life, bro. The bounce of life. But guess what? He made more hits than he failed. As far as my concern, he failed on who? Eddie? It's Sam. Robbie, some people might differ Robbie. We had one bad year with Sam. I put that more on Sam than Robbie. You know, they, you know, I, I have to say, like, you know, him and him and him and obviously him and Sam ain't, 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 ain't clicking. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and who, who, who blame Robbie for that when he came and got a thousand with Teddy? So I, I, I guess you know what I'm saying. That's that's that can be that's 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 debatable. That's debatable. You know what I'm saying? But 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 Robbie is a is a good player. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what you want to say, you give him a good quarterback. He's gonna. You know what I'm saying he is a viable target. Period. Point blank. Period. Okay. Uh. Uh. What? 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 Hassan Reddick was a hit. You okay? Sean Sean hit. Sean Chandler. I I really don't care for him. Matt Ioannidis. Temple. Another player. To coach. Coach. We know. I, that's Did a hit really on Pop. I already know. I don't. I don't watch tape yeah. on Matt. Matt built like that. That's another player with Matt. I mean, come on, man. This is the coach's coach. Let's get it, let's back up. Back up off the bed. You know what I'm saying? Look, this year, defense is going to be dominant. Bottom line. I don't care what happens at the linebacker position. Shaq, 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 and Corey Littleton is, is enough to, to maintain composure. You know what I'm saying? With, 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 with Horn shutting shit down, with Dante stepping his game up, with CJ and Keith Taylor in the cut, and you got Chris Westry and and, and Miles Hartfield in the safety position lockdown, and the defense is going to be doing a bunch of shuffling. Bro, we straight, bro. It, 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 it's, 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 the defense is going to be dominant. So there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about. Bro, the offense is going to take its time. Sam's going to fuck up within the four or five games. And guess what? We already going to know what Matt built like before the season starts. So it, 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 it depending on what he's doing the preseason. Hmm. All right, man. I like the optimism. I like the optimism right there. Um, next call. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. I'm a bit drunk. Had some strawberry lemonade smoothies with some vodka. Okay. But I'm here to defend the honor of Golden Corral against the slanders of Tony. How dare you, sir? How, how dare you? Trash? Are you kidding me? The greatness of Golden Corral? The greatness? The greatest is restaurant this, this that ever lived. Like CK's delivery. I mean, my God, Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> is a spokesman for it. How can it not be great? Excuse me, sir, but you old voting crowd. An apology. A great apology. <clears throat> this is Kevin Boschoven, the greatest drunk Panther fan of the night. Sorry, Danielle. <laughs> I am. He is the most generous. <laughs> yeah, her and Daniela, uh, him and Daniela having a drunk off in the chat. They're tying one on. So, uh, All right. uh, next call. Last one of the night. Hey, it's me, C Dog, 1983. C Dog. Uh, make sure you hit the motherfucking like button. Hey, we hit the thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Thank guys, you. Always, uh, they're consistent. It's Tuesday, so. Friday shows and the draft shows. I think we had a good draft. Besides, besides, like, but everybody get on G Baby, remember, the G Baby was being correct. Trevor said he was going to give up no future draft picks, and they did it again. This two years in a row, we're going to give up a future draft pick. See, I'm, the, I'm not bad on that. Like, I got that wrong. I'm going to pan out and everything. But uh, one thing was very intriguing to me is uh, Kurt Warner. And I did this thing on quarterbacks on YouTube. I had to just cross it uh, yesterday. We got the corral, part of the algorithm, whatever. Man, Kurt Warner, uh, his favorite quarterback in his draft, even though it was a quarterback draft, was Matt Corral. And he did a part one and part two. It's, uh, 
anybody in the live shop when they go watch and check it out. It was very, very intriguing to me, you know. He just like how it was. He get the ball out real fast. He made real quick decisions and everything. I'm just, I'm just going to see, man. He just, he just look like an ass, you know. But everybody get off G-Baby, man. G-Baby just, you know, you're a real fan, man. And then see dog get, yeah. you know. I just like that sometimes, too, man. You know, be tired of watching these boys lose. You don't want to be going out here buying jerseys and going to the game, spending money. That shit costs. It does. You know? You're right. Just fans being passionate, man. So you want to win, you know. But, yeah, but I mean, we'll see, though. It's probably not really last year anyway, but we'll see, man. It's probably not long enough for everybody. Like I said, in the draft, I got a good draft, though. I said I give it a, uh, I'm not give it a C plus, man. C plus, B minus. This could be trade off the Corabo side, but I can't complain. You know, we got offensive line, man. Icky could probably be a Hall of Fame left guard. I like the cave, but the offensive line from uh, Tennessee Trades. And, uh, that's about all, folks. Everybody have a great night. Make sure you hit the motherfucking like man, thanks for the call. Thanks for the support. And you're right. You know, um, what you've brought up is something I saw Pat Coltrane talking about recently. Something I've, you know, kind of emphasized when we started this show a lot is like, uh, I, I don't really care for gatekeeper fans too much. Like here, if you want to be a bandwagon fan, be a bandwagon fan. If you want to hate on this, then you hate on this. If you want to love on this, you love on this. I, I, that's why I don't get into the true fan discussion too much. Is like, it's like here is I'm not the gatekeeper. So you fan how you want to fan. That's why they call them fanatics. So G baby, you can, we, your passion brings a lot to the show, just like in things like that. So, it would be if everybody had the same opinion, it would be a boring three hours, right? And that's the reason it's not 30 minutes and it's three hours. Man, tremendous show tonight. I'm not going to talk about anything. We're not talking. We'll talk about the undrafted rookie free agents last next week. We've got one last segment uh, to get through, and that is our ice up picks. I, I don't think we've missed any real topics that can't wait until the Friday free for all and as well as. Um, the following week. So um, great show tonight. Thanks for all the support, man. A lot of monetary support, a lot of uh, just support with chat and your time. Like I said, thanks for that. That means so much. And, um, you know, just pay it forward continually by sharing it and interacting with us on social media guys. And who's ready for ice up? I am. If you would like me to just uh, go first, uh, unless someone else wants to, Wants Break to jump the ice. On. Go ahead. You're ready. If you're ready, go. Yeah. So it's always easy to ice up sleepy Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> and, and again, man, I, I'll reiterate, it's not even political. This has absolutely nothing to do with politics and everything to do with the American president is a geriatric man whose consciousness is slowly slipping away from him. Their luxury home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy in the games of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah, kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, so, okay, so I was trying to talk about what's going to happen to the Russian oligarchs as a result of, I guess, whatever the hell NATO is doing, Three and he's trying to talk. Another 
kleptocracy. A kleptocracy. Are they like kleptomaniacs? I wonder what a kleptocracy is. This guy can't talk. He can't form a sentence. And it's at that point where it's like, you don't want to laugh because you feel like you're being mean to an old man that can't help it. Well, you get a pass. You get the crippled pass. You get to do do whatever. I give no fucks about (laughs) it at all, dude. That dude is fucking losing his mind. And it's also absurd that, yeah, that's our president, man. The last dude, the last two presidents in a row have been absolutely the person that America deserves. Ice up, <laughs> ice up. Uh, just somebody in the comments last week or when we did the last Biden video where we we're all giggling like crazy, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> um, they said you got to do the same for the other side. And I didn't engage him in the comments. And I, I like, here, here's the thing is, don't worry. We made fun of Donald Trump plenty <laughs> in the four years he was on here. It's like, is that you just, it's like, yeah. this. we don't got to go pick somebody out. We make fun of all types of people in the ice up segment. Anybody else got one? Uh, yeah, I'll toss one out there. I was actually going to go pol- kind of a little political with that. And it was going to have to do with that same clip, but I kind of put a backup one on here because it seemed like low hanging fruit. And I'm just going to ice up, uh, People who emphasize on the Wonderlick so Wonderlick score oh. so much um, <laughs> ha- Tony. Have, have well, you know, I hate to say it, like, have you ever read any questions from it? No, no. Okay, so here's. I thought it was like the, a puzzle solving. There's a thing. practice test. I'm gonna read okay. you the first question, and you tell me what this oh, has God. to do. What this tells you about a guy and how he can play football. Let me uh, start the quiz. Okay, first question. Wait, why won't it let me do? Hang on. I had it on here a second ago. This Your Wonderlick score is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right, so start quiz. Here we go. Okay, first question. Emma and Anna went to the market to buy 25 fruits. Emma got uh, got a few apples that cost $2 each, and Anna bought some oranges that cost $3 each. If their combined total is $60, how many oranges did Anna get? A few. <laughs> And a few, so I would say six and six, and oh, I don't know. I mean, dude, this is like from my ass to be doing math. My main question is, I'm sure we can all figure this out. What's the answer? Does it tell you the answer? Uh, No, because I haven't taken the test yet. I was just looking for the first question. Okay, but my point is, what does this have to do with the football? Being a quarterback, right? What does that have to do with being a quarterback? It's like some sort of aptitude or intelligence test, right? Or you're right, you're right. Yeah. And I get it. I guess in some senses it works. It's the same way. It's when I like when I joined the post office, they did the same kind of thing, asked the same kind of questions. Army was the same kind of way. Like uh, it's just a structure, I guess they follow. And I don't, I don't know the what's behind it that makes you seem that way, but it just seems like a very broad spectrum of nothing to judge somebody on, you know. So I just, you know, wonderlick ice up. Yeah. All right, uh, Cody, you got anything? I got some good ones tonight. Ooh. And I CK, CK, uh, and you got to stick around for mine. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have anything in particular. I, I'll tell you that. Um, so my uh, my wife has been dealing with some uh, intense like nausea. Um, okay. It's been happening since about Friday, and uh, I got up. You know, she woke up. Is she uh, pregnant? No, no, she's not. Guess uh, what? <laughs> you you know the only way you'll know <laughs> if she tells you. Exactly. <laughs> well, but the, the, she so she's she woke up. She was feeling nauseous. She wanted me to call out for work. I'm like, I can't do it. I just can't. She had a full mental 
breakdown over this, like full on, like it was ridiculous. And because I wouldn't call out, you know what? She tried to go into work that day. Mm. After she made me call out, I'm like, what the? No, 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 no. I ain't about to have been home. And anyway, so to my wife for uh, making me call out of work, I said, Wow. We should have a service where G Baby uh, calls, like, I, like yells the ice up pics or um, ca- calls people up and tells them, like, <laughs> I can't believe that you tried to get CK to call out. <laughs> All right. Uh, here is uh, first, I got to do this for, um, for, for Cody real quick is. This, uh, because this is probably gonna have to be, um, God, did I put it in? Oh, it opened in a different window. Hold on, hold on. Where did it go? YouTube, YouTube. Oh, here it is. Have you seen this one? Yes, I've seen that. Oh, no, I haven't seen the. This yeah, one's I good. This one's just, good. Yeah, All right, watch stuff. this. Watch, watch this secret service agent. Watch him. He's like, all right, go down this go down this pathway right here. <laughs> now watch uh President Biden. Oh, look down that way. <laughs> this is what's right by it. And he just keeps following. He's following that secret service agent, dude. He's <laughs> like, I'm with you, I'm rolling with you. I don't feel safe. <laughs> so I thought that that was a fun one. Oh. Uh, and that wasn't an ice up pick. I just saw it today. I was like, I gotta show Cody this. But here's my <laughs> ice up pick. This is my ice up pick right here. And uh, first, I'm gonna ice up the bazillion people that retweeted and liked one of the best tweets in the whole world, and then didn't follow the this person. I think it's a man. I can't tell if it's a man or um, a man. It looks like. But this person had a hundred thousand retweets or something like this, and they only have they have less than four thousand followers. Like I, I, how can this? And this is one of the greatest tweets. So Laura Ingram is fighting back against um, loan forgiveness, and I don't care what we think when it comes to uh, loan forgiveness. What uh, what they think, you know, your p- opinion on it. Laura Ingram, Ingram doesn't like it. All right. So she tweets out. Uh, so I am icing up Laura Ingram. And I think D- Day Lip at D L I P A R T I T O said it very well. She, t- she tweeted, My mom worked as a waitress until she was 73 to help pay for our college, even helped with loan repayment. Loan forgiveness, just another insult to those who play by the rules. This is what DeLip said. In response, you graduated Dartmouth in 1985. Your mother died in 1999. From 1985 to 1999, you worked as a presidential speechwriter, an editor, and after law school in 1991, clerked for a U.S. circuit judge and was an associate for one of the largest law firms in the country. Yet you let your mother work as a waitress and depended on her to help you pay your loans until her death? Either you are a horrible person or a liar. I'm going with both. (laughs) 
This is like the most savage response to this ever. Holy cow. So to you, Laura Ingram, who does not like Eastern North Carolina barbecue sandwiches, ice up. I know. Wait, hold um, on, hold on, hold on. The math story. on that doesn't add up. What? So she said she worked till she was 73, but the woman died in 1999. Right. So, so she didn't die at 73. The point right. is, is that, um, so we don't know. She died in... 1999. You don't know how old she was when she died. Right. Exactly. Right. But what this person is saying from the time of her graduation in college from Dartmouth, which was 1985, 14 years went by. She went by and had all of this um, success and somehow still made her mom pay for her college. Right. But I'm (laughs) saying like helped her pay for the loan. Like I, I, I get the the thought, but like I just I I feel like this is a a bit of a, a reach to assume that the mother was helping her pay for college throughout the, all that stuff. Like she never said that in the middle of that. Well, the question is, we need to know is how old, what what year was this woman? Uh, what year 73? did she die? Yeah, no, no she, she died in nineteen ninety nine. How old was she when she died? I guess we could. Find I out. promise you this: if she was seventy three, what is seventy three plus fourteen? Uh, 87. 87. So if she died after her, she uh, older than 87, then she was 73 um, before 1985 or at, in 1985. I don't know. Anyway, I thought this was a cool tweet. Uh, I thought it was funny. Um, nice. Laura Ingram, you stink. Ice up. Um, all right. Ice that's the C3. Up. Yeah, I mean, I'm iced, I iced her up about uh, six years ago. Seven, she came to Greenville, North Carolina, in my town, and uh, she um, was campaigning for Donald Trump. So this would have been, what, 2016? And uh, she was, like, so excited. So the rumor was that she was excited to get one of these uh, barbecue sandwiches from eastern North Carolina, which are dope, right? East, like, And there's, we got bees here, and they, somebody brought brought it, and she wouldn't eat it. She, like, looked at it and was like, I'm not eating that shit. I was like... Don't trust you. Don't trust you unless you got a unless unless eating pork is a religious thing. If it's just by choice, when it comes to not eating a barbecue sandwich, I ain't gonna trust you in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Barbecue and noun here, folks. Barbecue and noun. All right, that's the C three Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We are growing and growing and growing, folks. Oh man, and we've got the best audience in the world. We've been developing this great community. Uh, you can call in throughout the week at 252-228-5098. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can find the podcast on all the major podcasting platforms, Spotify to tune in to Stitcher to iTunes. If you listen there, we really appreciate that you give it a rating and just tell people about it and continue right. to engage, man. Every time somebody says, I like this podcast on social media, it leads to somebody else that hadn't heard about in the podcast. That helps us grow. Cody Lack, tell them how they can get after you. Yeah, man. Find me on Twitter. You see it right there, at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Man, tonight we had more than 260 viewers most of the time tonight. C3 Panthers podcast continues to grow, continues to add more viewers and subscribers. Hit that like button if you haven't already, man. It helps us to grow, helps us to 
uh, you know, continue to make the best Panther content that we possibly can. So I appreciate all the love. And by the way, Kevin Boshoven, he donated one last time and he says, um, more tits. And last ass. one, I'm done. Yeah, tits and ass. Right, Which I don't uh, blame them, you know. Tits and ass. Hey, who doesn't like a good barbecue sandwich? <laughs> 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 all right, uh, CK? Uh, you can find me at uh, Codizzle Allen on most social media platforms. Um, and, uh, you know, I stream on the Facebook gaming side of things. I do it once a week currently as I'm uh, working on some stuff. But, uh, yeah, come check it out and uh, shoot me a follow. And uh, let's start a conversation on uh, on the Twitter sphere now that, you know, free speech is going to be a real thing again. Yeah. Uh, there you go. The, the Bat Daddy? Uh, yeah, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter, or you can check out my show on Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. It's a Super Civil Service podcast. This week we're talking about uh, Halo and Picard, both season one finales, continuing coverage of Moon Knight, and I get to see Doctor Strange this week, so we're going to talk about that too. It's going to be fun stuff. Uh, gear up that Batman um, podcast. I want to come yeah. on and talk about that as some more episodes come out. I listen to both of them today. I'm going to listen to both of them tomorrow. Yeah, it looks uh, good. They're short. They're not very long, so you just pound them out there. So I guess they're releasing it in What show are y'all talking about? Yeah, it's Spotify. Batman Unburied is the name of the podcast. Yeah. It's, oh, a, cool. it's got the one of the voices in it is the um the the captain or not captain the lieutenant from the wire he was also in um uh bosch he so he's in bosch as one of those as the mayor i think or police chief in that and um there's another very recognized i should know it um it's uh is it um winston duke yeah, Winston Duke. So this yeah. is it's produced. It's like, and it's a Spotify original. Um, it's, I just found it today. It just came out today. I just saw an ad for it. Yep. Checked it out. It's pretty cool. It's a way different take on how, like, it's a really unique angle. Uh, also, uh, go Canes. We're in the um, Stanley Cup playoffs. Taking my wife there tomorrow night for her early Mother's Day present. We're going to play, uh, Plains Chaos game. So let's go up 2-0. Let's see a storm surge. And until next week, keep pounding. Cody, take us out of here. Panther Nation, keep pounding.